when I originally <coughs> talked about doing this, uh, what I was thinking was like, we have so much technology just flooding in. And I, I realized that in my life, I really benefited greatly from my parents buying us a Commodore 64. This is the morning. That's the morning one. That's the morning one. That's not, yeah. the, you it's will just use that for reference. I'm right. mm -hmm. The morning one. Uh, morning, sir. Sure. Yeah. So, um, the, I, I realized that my parents kind of embraced technology. And as a result, I at a young age got exposed to the Commodore 64, moved up to the PC with the turbo button, and it turned into a very wonderful career in computers. I went to UT Arlington, got a degree in computer science engineering, largely because of all that time my parents exposed me to technology going up. And it's been very useful for me. Um, and I'm very grateful to them for that. But I, I think there's some things that, you know, looking back on, even they would have been like, really, you were doing that? Um, and so, you know, we'll talk about through this, but I think before we get into the specifics of technology uh, in different ways, it kind of comes into our home and, and good things and bad things about each one and what we need to do. Um, I, I was talking to Brad the other day, and he said, and I was telling him, you know, I think we too often as a church just say, no, don't go there, don't look at that, don't do that thing. And don't talk enough about the why. You know, why should we not go there? Why should we not do that unclean thing? Or why should we be different? Um, and I, I wanted him to kind of just lead off this time because um, we can get too much into the mechanics and technology and forget just the, what God is trying to turn us into. So if he said he had a passion for that and would love to kind of just lead, it, lead us in through that time. And then we're going to bridge from, from Brad's why into the what should we do now. We're going to talk about all these handouts and videos and all sorts of cool stuff. So, can I just open us in prayer real quick? Yeah, that'd be great. Kick off. So dear God, I just pray that you would now just call us to a new standard of holiness for you. And I just pray that you would, through this class, that you would make us more usable for you, both in the, the really neat technology tools that you have out there as well as making us wise about how to use them and how to set up our home in a wise way and how to encourage our family members and family members live in other homes how maybe they could set up their homes differently and, and I just pray that you would just make us very wise in Jesus name Amen. 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 Alright well I have no idea or had no idea what this was going to look like here um, if there was going to be you know 40 people or <laughs> what, 10, 12 people. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to prepare <laughs> for that. So I sort of prepared this lecture type thing. Um, but just want to let you guys know, just feel free to interrupt me and cut in. And um, I'll, I'll start by saying, I, I know pretty much everybody here, but Brad Marvin um, and I do college ministry at our church with, with Lauren Beeg and, and some young adult stuff as well. So um, yeah, Jonathan, you know, had, I, I love the fact that he wanted to have a why portion to the technology stuff because I think that's so huge. Just like what he was saying, I think we kind of, kind of get rolling with the do's and don'ts, but we don't really know what our motivation is, or our motivation is off sometimes. So, um, hopefully, we can I can address that today, and we can just speak pretty candidly about, um, you know, I'll speak candidly with you about my own life and my past uh, dealing with some technology and. Things like that. So, before you kick off, yeah. let me go ahead and this out. If you guys want to take notes, this is on my notes, but it has some space. You can take notes and stuff you want to remember when Brad says. 
different from what we got? It is different than what you have. Okay. The one you have earlier, you can put underneath your chair, you'll never look at it again. You don't think I'll ever look at it again? Okay. <laughs> making, what I'm handing now, we're going to go over later. <laughs> making those PowerPoint notes that he made was way too technically advanced for me, <laughs> so I didn't make any notes, all right? Um, that's right, that's right. I didn't get this morning's then. No, I didn't get you don't Here's have this morning's view. There it is. Right. Oh, right. Now. There you go. Now you got Now we're Good. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Now that you got to use Jonathan's notes for my uh, little piece here, that's great. Um, well, I'm, I'm really excited to teach this part of it, like I said before, but there's really two reasons that I'm excited. The first reason is I'm gonna, we're going to look at a passage in Proverbs today as sort of the answering the why question, um, the, the big answer for that. And then the other reason I'm really excited is because I'm actually teaching a class with the word technology in it. Um, if This will never happen again, okay? If, if you guys knew, yes, exactly. I mean, there was like people asking me two weeks ago if I could hang out. I was like, no, sorry, I'm, I'm preparing for a technology <laughs> class that I'm teaching. Oh, but that's two weeks away, so never mind, you know. But I just want to make sure they know that I'm actually teaching this technology class. Uh, because it is very ironic that I'm teaching it, but uh, you know, it's with an older person, it's almost cute, you know, to, for them to not know how to navigate around the computer or text messages and things like that. I when, that. when you're, old, old, I said older. I didn't say old. Okay. Uh, when you're 30, it's it's just sad. It's just you know, it's not cool. So. Um, Keep we me. talking to people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You actually had real relationships, right? Real friendships. Uh-huh, that's right. So, anyway. Um, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to... Pro- if you have your Bibles. If not, I'll just read it. It's fine. Um, or if you have it on your phone. Yeah, that's, <laughs> there you go. That's right. I might randomly check just to make sure you're not texting or something, you know. Uh, Proverbs 4.20 is what we're going to look at. I didn't know if there was going to be a lot of parents here or if they're grandparents or people just trying to, you know, pursue holiness in their own personal lifestyles and or with spouses or whatever, just to be aware. I, uh, so I didn't, you know, this is kind of going to be a lesson for, for everyone. Um, and the good thing about this passage in Proverbs is, uh, you have Solomon, and it, most likely Solomon is speaking in a really paternal way to his son Rehoboam. And Rehoboam is, um, is you know, a wayward son, and Solomon is saying, do as I say, not as I do type thing here, and he's instructing. So it's got this paternal instruction. So whether you're a parent or whether you are just here to, um, to be edified yourself in your own life, um, I think this is a very applicable passage to you because we can either copy Solomon with his son and, and the way that he's communicating, or we can say this passage is, is God's word speaking to his children, um, which is us in this room. So um, I think it will be applicable for all of us, um, whatever context it's going to be applied. So let's go ahead and read this. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Let them, or keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance or diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Okay, we'll stop there. Um, The why question 
must be asked. It just it must be asked in all that we do. And I think a lot of times there's a there is sort of a negligence when it comes to the why question. You could also say motivation. We're going to talk about our motivation today as to why we're pursuing holiness um, in potentially damaging or harmful technology. So um, I believe in order for us, for real change to take place in our lives, in order for our actions to please God, our motives must be properly aligned. Um, Answering the why will give us a grid and understanding duty in obeying God versus a true desire to obey God. Um, And knowing the why will also show us what in our own hearts we need to ask God to reveal to us um, as far as sin goes and what we can repent of. So Solomon really gives us two different layers to this why question um, in this passage here. The first one is really more on a surface level. It's kind of the, the answer that most of us would probably be able to interpret on our own. I don't even think you really need to be a Christian to be able to understand a, a part of the motivation that Solomon gives us here. And the second one is at a much deeper level. It sort of answers the question in our hearts, um, at the heart level, that's oftentimes looked over and not, not explored. So um, even as Christians, sometimes we ignore the deeper motive. So let's look at the first level that he talks about in answering this why question. Um, it's it's going to speak more to the natural consequences of what it's like to disobey God's word. What happens when we disobey the wisdom that God gives us? Um, I don't know if you could feel it in this passage or not, but there's a tone in Solomon's voice um, where he is he's pleading for his son to listen to him. He's, he's saying, capture God's word. Look at it. Memorize it. Don't forget it. Because it is life to those who find them. And it's really interesting. He says, it's healing to all their flesh. Or the NIV says, I almost like this one a little bit better, it's health to one's whole body. So to obey God's wisdom, to keep God's word, is health to one's whole body. There's this common idea that's communicated throughout the Proverbs um, where the length of your life and the quality of your life are actually enhanced when we follow the wisdom that is offered to us in God's Word. So, hear me out on this, though, because we could go a different direction with this really quick. Um, the same thing, I'm not saying the same thing that a pastor on TV that owns his own private jet that has a wife with a ton of makeup on is saying, right? This isn't a health-wealth thing. If you obey these certain steps, then everything will go great for you. You'll be rich. and um, It's not a formula, it's not saying that if you speed past MTV really fast on your direct TV, then God's going to increase your portfolio by 15% and you're going to add an extra month to your life every time you do that or something. It's, it, Christianity does not work that way, right? We know this. I'm speaking to <laughs> very mature Christians right now, and, and this is something you guys are, are aware of. It's not a formula. It is, um, there's a difference between prom- God's promises and truisms, is what we call it, in His Word. Proverbs is full of truisms. Uh, An example of this would be, it's basically saying, generally speaking, this is what's going to happen. Okay, so you will experience a greater joy. You will experience a greater quality of life. You can avoid certain certain sicknesses, not all of them, um, and even some self-inflicted causes for early death by obeying God. So this difference between truisms and promises um, is, is exemplified in Proverbs, a uh, familiar verse that many of us know, Proverbs 22.6, train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Um, this doesn't happen all the time, does it? 
There's a lot of godly parents out there that instruct their kids in the way that they should go, and their kids turn, right? Um, Then there's a lot of horrible parents out there who do not train their kids, and their parents come to know the Lord. But generally speaking, this is what will happen. And so this is the passage that we're working with right now, is generally speaking, um, there will be a more quality of life being added by following God's wisdom, and, and even to do with the topic today. So... Um, there's two options that are offered in Proverbs. There's, uh, and, and throughout all of Scripture, really, there's life and there's death. There's no in-between, right? There's life or death. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Um, therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Jesus himself says in Matthew 12, 30, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Um, there's, there is the path of wisdom throughout the Proverbs. And then there's the foolish who follow their own path. There's nothing in between. And so a few examples of the natural consequences that take place on this foolish path that we take, um, I'm going to give you right here, just dealing with media. How violent media can affect children. Um, I got on WebMD, which is a pretty legit website. <laughs> Doctors are writing on it and stuff. So um, we're going to talk on a real surface level here. And like I said, anybody can see that these are natural consequences. Um, a study was done where certain kids were exposed to violent media, and studies on their brain showed that because, there was a re- um, because of all the violence that they had seen, there was actually a reduced activity in their frontal cortex. And this is the area of the brain that is associated with self-control and with attention. So when they sat them in a room, they became extremely disruptive um, and angry and violent. Um, kids that had no past prior history to violence before. I, I always wonder about the parents who let their kids be the guinea pig in these tests, but apparently this took place. So um, there have been countless crimes, murders, thefts, school massacres uh, committed in the past two decades, especially where violent video games, music, and movies were a direct result. And it wasn't someone just guessing that. Children that were committing these crimes were saying, this is why I did this. I played this video game. I wanted to be like this guy. I saw this movie. Um, it's, it's pretty hard to deny those facts. Results of porn. Um, we're going to talk a lot about porn today because I think that is probably uh, the, the heaviest area of sin when it comes to media. So um, I, I pulled up a number of... You guys all familiar with Covenant Eyes? The it's a software that you can put on your computer, John, or you'll probably explain it more. I'm guessing we'll, we'll talk you guys will both be explaining it more. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just a website. It had a number of um, of stats listed on their site, and I'll just uh, I'll give you guys a, a couple of facts here. According to the Journal of Adolescent Health, prolonged exposure to pornography leads to an exaggerated perception of sexual activity in society. There's diminished trust between intimate couples. And these are from secular websites. Mm -hmm. The abandonment of the hope of sexual monogamy. Belief that promiscuity is is the natural state. Belief that abstinence and sexual inactivity are unhealthy. There's cynicism about love or the need for affection between sexual partners. Um, Belief that marriage is sexually confining. I'm my generation. You guys have probably see previews and stuff. It feels like every single movie that comes out 
when there's men involved and families involved, the dude is trying to escape his family and get out and live the college life that he, you know, didn't get long enough when he was growing up. Um, so there is just this idea that sexually um, confining, um, in, that you're sexually confined in marriage. So there's a lack of attraction to family and child raising. We only have three kids, but people treat us like we're freaks um, often mm-hmm. when we go out. So I can't imagine people with more kids, <laughs> the kind of uh, persecution. I mean, it's like, why would you do this to yourself? And, and I believe a lot of it has to do with, the, with just the um, access to pornography in our society. According to a sociologist, Jill Manning, the research indicates pornography consumption is associated with the following six trends, among others. There's an increased marital distress and a risk of separation and divorce. There's decreased marital intimacy and sexual satisfaction, um, more infidelity. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times, being a pastor, I've seen infidelity, adultery take place due to social media. Facebook, uh, and, fa- and like Jonathan was saying, Facebook's not evil, but it, it can certainly be a super highway for sin if, if evil hearts are dealing with it. It can be, it can be a super highway to, to communicate the gospel as well, <laughs> um, but I think there's probably more sin going on in this world than there is righteousness, and so we see it often in, in adulterous affairs. Increased appetite for more graphic types of pornography and sexual activity associated with abusive, illegal, or unsafe practices. There's been a devaluation of monogamy, like we said earlier, marriage and child rearing, and an increasing number of people struggling with compulsive and addictive sexual behavior. Uh, I had a friend when I was, he was in his early teens. He went downstairs, I grew up in Kansas City, there's basements there, um, and his dad was watching pornographic images on TV. And he, he sat behind his dad while his dad was on the couch. His dad didn't know he was there. He hid behind him and watched these pornographic images. Just, you know, there's his father basically training his son to watch these things. Um, opened up a door for pornography in my friend's life. And he carried so much guilt and, and, and just shame that he would, on a regular basis, go up to his parents' room. They had a revolver in their closet. And he would just hold it to his head, put it in his mouth, just all different, and fantasize about ending his life so that he could put the shame away. Um, so it's, it's something that when children see in a perverse manner, they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to, really none of us do <laughs> without Jesus, but um, it's, it's such, they know it's wrong, but yet they, they don't know how to escape it, you know, when that's the only thing that's portrayed. So it's, it's very important as parents, if you have grandchildren, or if you have children, to encourage them to talk to your kids about sex at an early age. Uh, because they're going to hear about it at an early age. And, and probably in a very perverse way they'll hear about it, in a very distorted way. So my thought process is, if we can get to it early, then do it. So I'm, I'm now going into your territory here, but um, talking about the how-tos. Um, Ted Bundy, an extreme case. Um, most of you guys are familiar with him, very notorious, probably one of the most prolific, notorious criminals uh, in America. He uh, raped, beat, and murdered at least 30 girls from the ages of 12 to 26 years old. He was exposed to softcore porn at drugstores and grocery stores at the age of 12 and 13, also trash cans with his buddies. Um, softcore porn is something that we have easy, a lot easier access to than he did in his day and age. Um, and actually hardcore 
we have easier access than he did to a soft core porn at this day and age. Um, he said in an interview with James Dobson, I don't know if you guys remember that, it was years ago, but it was like 24 hours before he was executed in the electric chair. Uh, James Dobson was interviewing him and he said, uh, and he basically asked, you know, he was asking him a series of questions of what, what caused this perversion in your brain? What, what in the world would cause you to want to rape, beat, and murder even young girls? And, um, and he, he really likened a lot of his, or, or he gave a lot of his desire started when he was reading um, violent novels um, watching violent images on TV, and then that combined with pornography, he said, was just the, the perfect storm. Um, he said this about other criminals that he was in, in prison with. He said, I've lived in prison for a long time now, and I've met a lot of men who are motivated to commit violence. Without the exception, every one of them was deeply involved in pornography. He said, deeply consumed by the addiction. The FBI's own study on serial homicide shows that the most common interest among serial killers is pornography. It's true. Most, he, and then he died at age 43, uh, 24 hours after the, the interview. He was executed. His life was cut short, like the Proverbs talks about, right, because of his sin, direct result of his sin. Um, it's a pretty extreme case. Most of us or people we know aren't going to turn into Ted Bundy's, but I do think that it shows you the path that you get on with pornography. Um, you're not only hurting yourself or your spouse. Um, Jonathan, tell me what time I need to wrap up, man. I would say one twenty, one twenty-five. Okay, all right. Um, you're not only hurting yourself or your spouse. Um, you guys are familiar with sex traffic, sex trafficking. Uh, Lauren's been talking a lot about it. Um, it's been more on the news. It's a pretty concealed crime that's taking place because there's so much involvement, so much risk to expose it because you could wind up in the bottom of a river somewhere when you're dealing with mafia and even militaries and things like that. But um, So finding statistics on how much victims of sex trafficking have to do with pornography, it's hard to find it. But it is, there is a direct correlation between the two where they're saying a lot of the um, porn stars that you're watching on your computer or whatever you're, you're watching on are actually um, victims of sexually, being sexually trafficked. Um, they didn't have a choice, a lot of them. They use pornography to train children to do sex, perform sexual acts on adults. So they, they show them pornographic videos, images, and they say, this is how you do it. So in a way, um, if you think about it, especially the purchase of pornography subscriptions, but even viewing it's, adds to the hits on a website, makes a, a person more successful with every hit. Um, you are aiding sex trafficking by viewing pornography. Um, women are the ones that voluntarily do it. Um, they are oftentimes drugging themselves to a point where they, they aren't even there mentally because it's so damaging to them. Uh, there are children all over the place in, in all different countries that are victims of this. A lot of porn stars have been trapped in the trafficking cycle uh, since the time they were very young they can't get out. Uh, that's what abuse will do to you. You become a victim. You can't make logical choices. You can't stand up for yourself. So, um, so a number of these porn stars are actually victims of sex trafficking. Even though they might have their freedom, they really don't because they've been in this victim mentality for such a long time. So 
So pornography is more than just a, an act of sin against yourself, the viewing of it, um, it, it or even your spouse. I, I, I don't sit here on a high horse telling you guys this. Pornography has been a part of my, my past. And so part of the emotion that I feel while reading this is, is connected to I've been a perpetrator in this before myself. And so um, it's by God's grace that he's delivered me out of it. And it was while I was married... Um, early in my marriage, um, you know, my wife actually had discovered it, and I, I talked to her a couple times, but she discovered it, and um, and so it got to the point where you know it happened a couple times, and I said, no more, I'm going to figure this thing out, I'm going to do everything I need to do because I, you know, I can't lose my wife, um, and so and I could feel my I could feel my heart hardening in the process of of even looking at porn. I could feel it getting easier to look at. Uh, more perverse things on the internet. That's just the slippery slope that you're on. Um, and so I, I sought out some men. It was almost like an AA group. And uh, and there was just, I mean, it was about six, seven months of it, um, calling a guy twice a day, um, talking about sobriety with him. Here's where I've struggled. Here's what, you know. And, and so God used that um, as as a tool to get me to a place of sobriety in that area. But he had to do some deeper stuff in my heart in the process of it. Um, but it was it was a thing that definitely brought tension between obviously my wife and I, and it does that. Um, it brings tension sexually. It brings um, uh, it, it breaks down trust barriers that that I'm building and reestablishing even today. Um, but there's not a piece of media in our house that doesn't have something on it. Covenant eyes, my phone, uh, my computer, all of that stuff. So because I know that my heart is inclined to evil often. Um, it's inclined to good because God's changed it, but it's also waging war against you know demonic forces and and just my my own pride and wanting to do things my way. So I'm aware of that in my life, and I have taken the steps necessary. So Sharice loves me and appreciates me for doing that. <laughs> um, so everything that I've listed is really natural consequences resulting from people who engage in harmful technology. God's established these natural laws that take place when we sin and we disobey His words. So I'm going to stop there for just a second. Does anybody, I've done a lot of talking, does anybody have any questions, comments, anything that's coming to mind? Yeah, man. One quick short. Mm-hmm. I knew a, a, a youth minister, mm-hmm. female, mm-hmm. and she's dealing with the young people. And one day she said, I've never looked at porno. I'm going to look at it just to see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And she did one time. Mm-hmm. And years later, when she shared the story with me, she says, I still can't get the images out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still there, and I can't get rid of them. That's right. I still pray that the Lord, he, he by His grace, He's removed 99% of the images. But there's still images that, you know, that I have to battle against and ask Him to remove. Part of the natural consequences, you know, of... Even though God has forgiven you, we stand on His grace with confidence. Um, we still face consequences for our actions, so, which makes the temptation a whole lot greater. Anybody else have any other thoughts? I was just curious why the Supreme Court uses the First Amendment privilege to allow it and make it per- permissive. I mean, hmm. do you know what statistics are against pornography or pro? According to government and uh, well, in the country, I don't. That's a good question. I don't know that. 
Well, I don't think I don't think it's ever. I mean, you look throughout world history. I mean, the Romans, everyone. There's been pornography throughout history, and government is not capable of stopping it. Even Islamic countries are trying to, are not able to. Mm -hmm. Like with segregation, you could legislate, but you can't moralize people's hearts. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's the fact that it remains uh, freedom of speech. Yeah. Including, I do remember this this number that was thrown out in the Covenant Eyes stats was including media, like all types of media, TV, internet, everything. It's a fourteen billion dollar industry in the world. Fourteen billion dollar industry. That's huge. Annual. That's, that's annual. annual. Yes, that's right. Mr. Decker, the Netherlands has a very liberal policy about the red light district and um, mm -hmm. uh, television and such. Holland, yeah, it was in Holland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is a very traditional for a Protestant country, but... Acceptable. Yeah. add one thing. You know, years back, that's 30 years back, I came back from Indonesia and we were in Toronto and I was sitting in my car and I was driving there, you know, wherever I was driving. And um, down the, uh, the different channels uh, in, my ra in my radio, in the radio channels in the car. And it happened to be just a bad channel. And they were talking about snuff mm. uh, videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, snuff videos. And they talked about this, about how bad it was. That image, mm. I could never get rid of. Mm. Came back yeah. and said, Lord, I, I don't want that image. Snuff being murder as yeah. a form of sexual excitement. Well, it was sexual excitement. Yeah. But it was still, it was a snuff thing. Yeah. It was not a sex thing. Yeah. But, but you know how you know, yeah it sits there you know and every once in a while yeah. wow yeah uh, because the intensity that's that's right it's, it's gone but, you know the way our mind sometimes yeah collapse, yeah collapse, these things amazing yeah and we and we have to sit in the place that we are right now and say. Our minds, my mind should be a lot more perverse than it is. God's grace keeps our mind, keeps unbelievers' minds from being as bad as they could possibly be. Um, but, you know, just, just how, with, with God's hand being taken off of, of brains and minds and hearts, is, it's a very scary thing how, how quickly it can, how perverse it can get. I think the average age for a child to be exposed to pornography is anywhere from ages 9 to 11. Uh, it was the first time they see something pornographic. My, I was in um, some some clothes store over the Christmas break. I didn't, I didn't even tell you about this. Probably, uh, probably not the best place to tell this story. But uh, but I uh, I was with my five year old son Silas, and we're um, looking at T shirts. It was kind of like a skate shop or whatever. I still dress like a junior higher, and um, and so I but I, I pulled back one of the shirts, and there's a lady in a thong, you know. And Silas is sitting right there, you know, and he see and he says. And he says, oh, I saw that lady's bottom, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't go to puberty, none of that stuff, but, but here's an image now, I'm looking for a t-shirt, you know, and it's just right there, and it's just crazy the, the prevalence that we have to all of this, so. Um, and that's, I think, where it's real important, 
in this whole discussion that we really bank on. This is a hard issue. It's yeah. not a get all the tools in the right places. We're going to talk a lot about tools. It's yeah. not get all the technology checkboxes yeah. in there. We're going to talk about that. That's but right. This is a hard issue that is going to happen everywhere you walk, That's regardless right. if you have a computer at the That's house, right. regardless if you only shop at Walmart. It's going to happen. That's right. And so this is a this right. is a hard issue that goes beyond just certain. I'm going to click this box, buy this product, and now my now my yeah. problem is solved. Funny you should mention that. Jesus, <laughs> that's exactly where I'm going right now. Um, you know, Jesus does encourage us to take whatever means necessary to kill sin in our lives. You know, I mean, even talks about in, in Matthew 5, 29 through 30, um, cutting off members of our body, tearing our right eye out if it causes us to stumble. Um, and I think that's what the purpose of covenant eyes in certain softwares, um, passcodes on DirecTV or, you know, whatever you watch, whatever provider you have for your television um, those things are sort of that, that these guys are going to talk about are wonderful things we need them um, but it's not going to get to the heart of the issue um, those sort of stop the bleeding that that class that I went to that AA type thing that I went to that was a band-aid but there was still an infection in my heart that needed to be cleaned you know there was still something in there um, because like Jonathan said if, if it's not going to be on the internet I'm going to go find it on a movie, or I'm going to go find it outside. As I'm going to go to the pool, and I'm going to watch a girl. You know what I'm saying? It's just the problem is not out there. It's in here. It's in our heart. And um, that's really the second part that I think Solomon addresses in, in this passage. So um, I will say this really quick, too, because this is something that's just been driving me nuts. Covenant Eyes is a, is a wonderful tool um, to, to provide Internet accountability. Uh, internet accountability. There's an email that's sent that shows your accountability partner, what you've been viewing and all this stuff. I have met a number of people who have said they don't use it because it slows their internet um, search down, you know, they're, they're searching down and, and whatever their speed. Um, and so they still are struggling with pornography, but they're not willing to, to slow their search down a little bit in order to kill it. And um, you, you look at this passage that Jesus gives us in, in Matthew 5, 29 through 30, about if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it's better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away, for it's better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body to go into hell. If you're not willing to let your internet speed slow down a little bit in order to protect your your you know your soul, how much further are we from going to the extremes that Jesus has called us to? I, some people say this is an exaggeration. I think it makes sense what he says here. I think it makes sense. Um, I think there should be a lot more armless and eyeless people walking around. So <laughs> before you get away from yeah. the heart, are you still on the I'm, I'm going back to okay. it. Yeah, right okay. now. So yeah. Um, so, so the why question answers it is answered at a deeper level. Um, Solomon says in Proverbs four twenty three, is that what you're gonna? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. It says to keep your heart with all vigilance or diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. He's saying protect your heart with diligence because it is from your heart that all your words, your actions, your thoughts, your desire to watch certain things. That's where it comes from. It's in your heart. The problem is inside of us. Scripture continually presents this idea of the heart being at the center of your being. Um, the reason that certain things happen is because your heart is directing your behavior. 
In fact, there are over 900 times in the Bible where the heart is referred to as being the central place of obedience or disobedience. Over 900 places in various forms, hard-hearted or you know, different forms of the word. Um, here are a few examples. Um, Jesus says in Mark 7, 21 through 23, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Um, also, let's go to Matthew, if you have your Bibles, 23, 25. And just for the sake of time, I'm actually going to read these kind of fast. So, sorry if I just told you to turn there. <laughs> um, let's see. 23, 23. That was Mark 7, 21 through 23. This is Matthew 23, 25, where Jesus is rebuking the, the scribes and the Pharisees. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of your cup and the plate, but the inside... They are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Um, Luke 6.43, I'm going to turn there quickly. Luke 6.43 says this. This is Jesus' words again during the Sermon on the Mount. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good fruit, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Literally, the words that you are speaking are simply overflow from what's inside of you. Um, I grew up in Kansas City, like I said before. There was a, we had a crab apple tree in our backyard, and um, I don't know if you've ever tried to eat a crab apple, but it does not taste very good. Um, I was so frustrated growing up that it wasn't a real apple tree. Every single spring, I would go out there and just deceive myself and say, "This is an apple tree. It looks so good." And I'd take a bite, and there was like crab apple vomit all over our backyard because I would always just spit it out and hate it and it was like every year it never failed I wanted it to be but it never would be because the root of it was a crab apple tree right it was it grew from a crab apple seed no matter how much I wanted it to change it never would because the root will always produce the fruit that is consistent with its root um, so Paul Tripp one of my seminary professors said it like this Whatever rules our hearts will exercise inescapable influence over our lives and our behavior. Say that one more time. Sure, you bet. Whatever rules our hearts will exercise inescapable influence over our lives and behavior. The problem is not in out there. The problem is in here. Technology is not the enemy. The problem is that our hearts are inclined to evil. And Satan would love nothing more than to destroy every single person in this room and every single one of your children, grandchildren, siblings, whatever. Um, Matthew 6, 21, I just don't, don't worry about turning there, um, continues on the Sermon on the Mount, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the interesting thing about our hearts is that they're always worshiping continually. They don't stop. They're always worshiping something. Um, they don't ever go on vacation from this worship. They're always treasuring something above something else, right? Even all of us sitting in this room right now, our hearts are worshiping and treasuring something in this moment. My heart is. Your heart is. 
Um, and it's either the worship of your Creator or it's some form of idolatry, worshiping something else other than Him. John Calvin refers to our hearts as idol factories. He says that they're, it's a, you know, it's a great analogy saying that they're constantly producing idols that we're waging war against. So, when it comes to issues of our heart, um, our outward sin, looking at porn, not monitoring, our children's viewing, grandchildren's viewing, whatever it might be, um, allowing our minds to be filled with junk, these are actually symptoms of a deeper heart issue. Okay, so my viewing of pornography early in my marriage was not, the, the greatest sin I think I was committing was not necessarily the viewing of pornography. It was definitely sin. It was damaging. But I think there was even a greater sin that a, a porn star never tells you no. A porn star always accepts you, right? And so there was this deep longing for acceptance that I was pursuing. And the sin was that I believed the same thing that Eve believed in the garden, that God's word wasn't actually sufficient, that, that Christ's work on the cross and his resurrection and his acceptance of me for who I am was not enough. And so I had to go find it from a girl that never knew me, that I never know, you know, will never know, and um, in, a, in a digital person, really. And it's so silly. Sin is so illogical. But... But that was the greater sin, is that I was pursuing something because I didn't actually believe God's Word was true. Um, I, I have a couple examples here. Um, letting our kids play nine hours of Angry Birds on an iPad um, is probably, is often a deeper issue. Um, where you sick of the time? Where, yeah, <laughs> where, yeah, yeah, your kid's going to, like, his eyes will probably start bleeding, her eyes will start bleeding. That's a natural consequence, but there's probably a deeper thing going on where, um, you know, my wife and I talk about this often. Um, she's battled with this, and, and friends that battle with this, stay-at-home moms especially, um, struggle with not feeling value at times. And so, being able to get a to-do list done, being able to uh, decorate your house nicely or something for when your husband comes home or, you know, and I, where's my dinner? You know, the, uh, she, she, she will put her kids, you know, in front of TVs, friends will, and, and uh, maybe you've done it once or twice, I don't know, but just, uh, just <laughs> I've done it, you know, just so that we can pursue these things because we don't believe that Christ's value of us in, in his sovereignty where he's placed us as a stay-at-home mom and given us this amount of energy is enough. And so we have to break his rules in order to do certain things. Um, give you a quick example. Uh, well, let me say this really quick. Okay, so there's so many different things in our hearts. I can't go through the list of what a potential idol might be for you or for someone that you know or um, whatever. But, but I think a good way to identify it is um, Tim Keller says a good th- what an idol is is it's a, often a good thing that becomes the ultimate thing. So, man, God made me with a desire to look at a naked woman. He just did. He from the, you know, and he, and he actually commanded me. You know, it was one of the first commandments given to be fruitful and multiply. Sex is a wonderful thing. I took that and I made it the ultimate thing. And I and and the reason, the way that I knew it was the ultimate thing, is because I was disobedient to His law. I transgressed His law. Um, so I think a good way to identify that something has become an idol in your life is, is you can ask yourself, is this thing that I'm doing 
letting my child do this or neglecting being passive and, and not monitoring what they're viewing enough or whatever, is this thing causing me to disobey God's word? Am I not stewarding my child well? Am I looking, am I lusting in my heart? And if it is, then it's probably an idol. If it leads us to prioritize something over what scripture would have us prioritize. Does that make sense? I'm going to say that one more time. One of the ways to recognize idols in our lives is to ask, does this disobey God's word or does it lead us to prioritize something over what scripture would have us prioritize? So all of a sudden, my parenting, um, you know, my, my job as a parent is not as important as it is for me to catch the last five minutes of Sports Center. So I'm not going to, even though I know my kids watching something, maybe you shouldn't, I'm not going to go in there and monitor. I'm just going to let them do it so I can further my kingdom of self and watch what I want to watch. Um, so um, the awesome thing is, and the very painful thing is, God is dedicated to destroying our idols <laughs> because he loves us. Um, Sharice has said, she gave me permission to say this, um, have you guys heard of Pinterest, the website Pinterest? It's like a new mother yeah. sensation. I saw, I yeah. Yesterday, but he showed it to me. Okay, yeah. So I'll... <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't seen too many dudes on it. I just see mostly women on it. Um, no, he was like, you have to Yeah, maybe it is. I'm sorry. He said, he, said, my wife, he said, my wife and her girlfriends are on this all the time. I said, what is it? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's, oh. it's basically, what is it, like a world of a homemade. Yeah. Thing. It's like a bulletin board where these women and men, I guess, post different things that they've made and, and show you how to make them. No, I'm not explaining it well. Okay. There was a picture of Matthew McConaughey, and there was all these okay. lights under. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. That that has Matthew McConaughey. Um, you, um, so Sharice has um, fallen in love with this website, and it's been a, a great resource for her to learn how to create things and decorate her house. Um, and it, it was like this overnight sensation for her, where I mean, she literally was like, like on it all the time and overnight our house turned into like the cracker barrel like it was wall hang i mean just beautiful art like create handcrafted that she made and she came to me one night and she said uh well you know some of the our kids were a little neglected here and there and um and she said i just feel like i'm neglecting our kids i said well what's the deal she said I'm, and i said is it having to do with pinterest maybe pinterest <laughs> Just throwing that out there, and she said, oh, my gosh, I think it does. And she just she confessed, total humility, just said, I think what I'm doing is I'm, um, I, I don't feel like maybe you're valuing me enough, or, and I'm trying to impress you. And so in the process of trying to gain that value from you, I'm, I'm doing this and, neg and neglecting our children at times and, and dedicating my life to this. And, um, and, and then she said, you know, and we just talked about how, I am there to support you. I am there to show you that I value you. But more importantly than that, um, like we talked about, there's one rock, right? There's one rock and God. And, and I'm going to fail you. I'm not going to value at times like I should. But he will always value you in the way that you should. And so let him be, let the worship of him be what gets the priorities in line, if that makes sense. Um, so um, just <coughs> a lot of this goes to the men too. Um, I'll just say that I, I think that Men, um, we're the pastors of our homes. Um, if you have sons that have sons and, and, and daughters, encourage them to this, that, um, that we are the pastors of our homes. And 
um, that we are the ones that are that are encouraging them. We're the ones that that give them the words to incline their ears to, like like Solomon was saying. We're, if if we don't speak the words, then who then what words can they protect? Like Solomon says, you know. Um, and, and it's our job to carry the integrity of our life and our viewing habits and our, our, um, the way that we interact with media to line up with what we preach. Solomon failed. Solomon spoke it with his words, but he couldn't back it with his life. And, um, and God has called us to lead the home, and so it is our job, men, primarily to do this. Um, and so I would just challenge all of us in this room, men, and, and even wives, to challenge your husbands in a, in a respectful way to this, um, that this is this is on us um, to be attentive to the word, so that our kids have words to be attentive to. Um, so when we look at the standard, I'll just read this one part and I'll wrap it up. I'm like five minutes over, ten minutes over, sorry. When we look at the standard that God has called us to, and we think about all the times that our hearts have fallen short in the area of media, uh, we've had the wrong motivations, um, it, it feels overwhelming. You know, Jesus always elevated the law to this place where you just want to fall to your knees and, and just say, I can't do it. And he does it on purpose. Um, and, and, and I think it should bring us to the end of ourselves. Our sin, our, our wrong motivation should bring us to the end of ourselves. When it comes to how we handle technology, social media, internet, television, etc., I think most of us would admit that we have not even come close to keeping God's perfect law. We have not glorified Him with every second and every action. We have not loved Him with all of our heart, mind, and soul in every action that we've, we've committed. Um, but the overarching good news of God's Word is this, and this is why He elevates the law so high is that the very thing that is the good news of the Bible is the very thing that motivates us. For over 30 years, Jesus lived his life on this earth as a man. He was tempted in every way we have been tempted. Um, And not one time did he even commit an idolatrous thought. Not one time did he lust. Not one time did he show negligence or passivity in pointing others to the Father. He was never passive. Um, And then he was, as the prophet Isaiah prophesies, wounded for our transgressions, the times that we lusted looking at pornography, the times that we were passive with our children and not monitoring their viewing habits, the times that um, that we even let our minds be filled with things that were damaging, such as violence. He was wounded for that, and he was crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes were healed. So that out of, this is later on in, in this passage, I love this, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many, all of us, to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. I believe everyone in this room is a professing Christian, because this is members of our church. And so since this is the case, um, let us guard our hearts, like Solomon's saying, diligently, with this truth. Our motivation is that Jesus has accounted us righteous. The Father has accounted us righteous because of what Christ did on the cross. So our obedience, the why question, why do we pursue purity, should be answered out of gratitude for what He's done for us on the cross. He's made us His own. If, and, and so... We are going to talk about the, the exterior things, but keep in mind, your, your heart, the direction that you're going will never change until the cross and the resurrection grip you in such a way that you explode with gratitude and that drives you to obedience.
So let's pray really fast. Um, Father, <clears throat> I thank you that, that I can speak out of my own weakness here, Lord. I thank you that I can stand before my brothers and my sisters and we can lock arms and, and agree to encouraging each other, agree to um, pursuing holiness together as the body. Um, not in any prideful way, not because we've done anything great on our own, Lord, but because the great work that you have accomplished for us on the cross. Lord, I pray that we would not just avoid sin to avoid sin, but God, we would pursue holiness with joy in our hearts, and in doing that, we would be avoiding sin. Lord, that we would cling to the wonderful work that you've um, You've, you've performed for us on the cross. We would cling to that, be filled with joy, and our lives would then be holy because you are holy. We love you, Jesus. And I just ask if there's any, anybody in this room, Lord, that, that um, just has sin even in their own life to confess, Lord, if there's anybody in this room that um, is just feeling that, that wonderful, awful Holy Spirit conviction right now, Lord, I just ask that whoever they need to go repent to or confess to, um, that they would be obedient to do that um, for freedom, Lord. I ask, Lord, if they know anybody that maybe they need to even talk to or, or, or gently in love rebuke, Lord, would you give them the courage to do that, God, because it's not about avoiding awkward moments. It's about becoming more and more like the likeness of who you are. So give us the courage to do that. Give us your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we are going to migrate. Yes. We're going to share necklaces. Oh, we're going to share necklaces. I'm going to talk to my wife and see how we're going. All right, bro. I think I'll sit around for a little bit. All right. So, um... For those of you guys who didn't hear, I, I have a background in computer science engineering. Grew up a nerd all my life. I can. And I'll sit in Brad's chair because Brad did such a good job for me. He warmed it up for me. Um, so when Gary referred to me as a nerd on Sunday, he was mostly right. Um, and that's a large part because my parents allowed me access to technology at an early age. And they encouraged it. And um, therefore, after a few years, I was fixing all the technology problems in the house, and I was uh, able to really help. And my first job was actually at a church working on their sound audio team because of that technology my parents encouraged. And uh, it had turned into a career at college, turned into many years of career consulting and computing, and, and now I'm able to bring a lot of that knowledge. I'll just lean in. You know, he's trying not to I don't want to block this. Like I won't block it. Okay. Block it. <laughs> okay, I'll sit around like this. Is that perfect, John? And, uh, and so, as we get into this, some of you came in with technology is bad. I want to like cut it off. And for those of you who are in that camp, I want to say, man, technology is really great. For those of you who came in saying technology is awesome, I want to scare you. So we want to all, I, my goal today is to kind of for us all get to kind of this balance of technology is not good or bad. Um, and I don't think it's appropriate most times to completely cut it off. There's some comments where it is, but mostly it's not appropriate to completely cut it off. But it's appropriate for us to understand it and monitor it and use it for God's purposes. Um, so let's get, let's get into this here. So we're going to cover the World Wide Web, the Internet, Facebook, YouTube, Instant Chat. 
television, movies, and cell phones in a very short period of time. Um, so if you guys don't know what those are, you'll know what they are in a minute. So why is having technology in the home important? Can you guys give me a feedback for in your view, why is it important to have it? Work from home. How many people can work from home? I used to work from home sometimes in my old consulting job. You said it earlier, when you can't, when something freezes up, how do I fix this? Yes. Do you think you would have liked Roland to have had more of that technology? Helps. It makes things faster. Yes. How many of you like the idea that you can go online and pay an electric bill versus where you used to have to drive down to the electric company and walk in and put the little envelope in the drop box? I love that. I'm like, dude, I haven't driven the electric. I don't even know where the electric company is. I, I've never been there. Which company is it? I know. I don't even know what company it is. It's amazing. I love that. Technology is designed to help us do some things faster. How many of you guys do a budget on paper versus a budget on a computer? Or no budget at all. <laughs> Computer, oh my goodness, the little calculator thing killed me. I mean, dude, having it on a computer is wonderful. So it's morally neutral, um, and I think it's only exploding that way. So the more we can embrace it and understand it, the better, because, you know, we've got these kids, um, you know, in junior high and college, the primary mode of communication is Facebook. So these are the people entering the church, entering the workforce, and they understand Facebook, and that's how they're communicating with everyone. And if you have somebody who doesn't understand it versus someone who does, the person who does will be the first one to get hired because he's the one who has it. So we, we, have, to, we have to not just kick it out. We have to understand what it is and figure out how we're going to deal with it. Parenting is so hard. This is my one slide on parenting. And I have young kids, so I asked James Williams to kind of back me up a little bit of this. He's got a little bit older kids than I do. My oldest just turned five. And I am shocked by how much time it takes to parent well. I mean, I'm just like, dude, I am tired. I only have two. How do people have three? I don't know. Um, to make the first one take Yeah, right? I, I have a third on the way. Um, and many parents are just so busy with their schedules that they wait to react reactively to a problem. I wait to hear a cry from the other room. I wait to hear something happened. This is this one area where we can't do that because technology can be so dangerous. We cannot wait for a, an event to occur to clue us into, oh, we ought to do something. So this is the one area where we can't do that. I can let my, my daughter play with her. 10-month-old in the toy room, and I can wait for a, something. That, because I know there's no guns and things in there that are really damaging. It's just someone dropped a block on their foot and they're hurt, you know. So um, this is this one area we do have to be a little proactive about. So we're going to talk about the Internet first. Monitoring Internet activity has become harder. Um, who um, knows what a browser is? We covered this in the morning class. I assume everyone knows what an Internet browser is. In the circle, okay. So an internet browser, you may not know this, keeps track of every website you visit. It's this really cool little thing. They're called the internet history. Um, well, everyone has become paranoid about privacy lately. And so as a result, the internet companies are, I mean, the browser companies are saying, hey, we can help with that. We can be the most private browser. So a lot of them now have this private browsing mode that they advertise. And they'll say things like, click this button, clear all your history, and make everything where no one knows where you've been. And they do it, I think, primarily for people who are going to websites they shouldn't be going to, not really for 
you know, what they advertise it as. So as a result, um, we need another method of monitoring and filtering internet coming into the house. And those are two separate things. We're going to talk about that and then we're going to ask some questions. So who has an internet filter today at the house? You mean like Norton? Um, examples, okay, so internet filter, I'm not talking about for, I'm talking about for content. So like I go to reallybadsite.com, who would get blocked by that at home? Well, on, on Google or other searches, you can select what you want to come back to you. Mm -hmm. But if you type in, yeah, but if, yeah. Mode or right. or whatever. Right. That's what I'm familiar with. Okay. So examples of internet filters would be just big brand names. Net Nanny, Covenant Eyes, um, Safe Eyes. Uh, and these are later in the notes. You have to write all these down. Um, those are examples of filters. And what they do is I go to really, Cyber Patrol is another one that you'll see on campus here. I go to reallybadsite.com and it flashes up, oh, that's a bad site that's blocked. If you have the password, you can still go there. It's like at work where they block. Yes. It's very common in the workplace. Block, yeah. Very common in the workplace. Um, and what it does is it says, hey, you can't go learn how to grow marijuana in your backyard. Um, because we don't, that's a bad site. You know, so that's an example of, of sites would be blocked. Um, what, some advantages to web filtering is it's really cheap to get. doesn't cost much. Um, setup takes a few minutes, and it blocks the worst of the sites. It blocks the famous bad sites. So let me talk about internet monitoring, then we're going to talk about what the differences are. Yeah, Can I you again. I'm a, I'm a Covenant Eyes guy. Um, that's kind of what the so Mac users, yeah, that's what the Mac users have standardized on. And we'll talk more in a sec about monitoring the difference. Um, so here's internet monitoring. Monitoring is not filtering. Monitoring is as if somebody's looking over your shoulder, looking at where you go. So I can go to reallybadsite.com with the internet monitor, but someone knows I've been there. That's the difference. It monitors what sites are visited. It monitors, so... Filter just says in or out. Monitor keeps track, keeps track of what emails were sent out and received, keeps track of what chats were sent out and received, instant chat will cover, instant messages. And those are all captured on another computer, so I can't go in and change it. And those are sent to somebody else. So basically what it does, it gives you a pair of eyeballs on your activity. Advantages to web monitoring, you know, the other one was cheap, monitoring is better monitoring of actual activity of what's going on. It captures new problematic sites because the other one may just be going off a list of bad sites and may not have, you know, there's new websites that happen every minute that are launched that are bad sites. So the monitoring would capture those new ones and it monitors communications with people outside the home. So especially if you have any kind of messaging issues or things like that. So that's what monitoring does. So some questions see so what understand. So which software will let you know if someone is searching for bad things? <laughs> monitoring software or filtering software? Monitoring. monitoring will let you know if somebody's trying to find bad stuff. Filtering software will just block it until they get left to get through. So that's kind of why monitoring gets a little bit of an edge because it lets you know there's an issue there. Which one will let you know if your child is communicating with a dangerous person online? Monitoring will. Which one will automatically block the top 10 sex sites out there? Filters, Filters will. Which one will block all the bad stuff on the internet? None of them. None of them. <laughs> there is no such tool. There is no such thing. 
Um, James and I have been talking um, about ESPN lately, and I both love sports. You go to ESPN.com, and there's a lot of content on ESPN.com. You go to Sports Illustrated, a lot of content on Sports Illustrated. So there is no such thing. Um, there's no such thing when you go to the store. There's no such thing when you go to the mall. There's no such thing. So that's why we, we talked about the heart thing. So there is, you know, just different issues here we have. So Ruth asked earlier what I use. Um, my children don't really surf the web because they're five. She can't even read yet. So she does what I did. Now, once I get there, that's going to be interesting how I do this. Um, you know, I think I need a filter and a monitor once because I want to know if Ruthie's looking for something. But I also want to just kind of block her from stuff that she would accidentally stumble into. I mean, I don't need her seeing that. And so eventually we'll purchase the second thing. Um, but I think if you have to pick one, I think monitoring is better. Because monitoring will pick up trends. It will pick up when activity is going on. Uh, so let me talk about my home for a little bit. Um, I personally believe not a lot good happens after 1130 at night. You know, I think most of the time I need to kind of be in bed by 1130 midnight. That's just my world. Um, you know, and so I don't need to be just chilling out on the television. I don't need to be chilling on the Internet. When I'm tired, I am way more susceptible than any other time. And so in, in my world, stuff kind of shuts down and, and I move away from all that. So if my wife gets a report of my internet activity and sees that, wow, between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m., he's doing a lot of internet searching. Well, then she might be really interested in what those searches are that he's so excited about because he can't sleep, you know? Um, so that's where monitoring software, I, I think, really does get the, the strong edge. Also, there's times where you're trying to, I mean, we're, we're having another baby, and there's weird stuff you have to search for when you're having babies, man. I'm telling you, it's like, okay, is this normal? And, you know, it's helpful not to be, like, blocked all the time, and, you know, and so it's helpful to, so you got to figure out what your world is at home. But I think having unmonitored things is just problematic. I think there's no reason not to. It's not that expensive. Uh, Brad, do you remember what it is per year? It's what, 60 bucks a year or something for Covenant Eyes? Uh, yeah, we pay about a month. I think it's like 7 It's like 7 It's not bad. You know, uh, and my wife and I, we share the same account. We just, because it can install as many computers as you want. Um, and and it's, it's really worth it. So, um, so Covenant Eyes is monitoring. Covenant Eyes is monitoring. If you're on a win, what? Not on the Mac side. On the Mac, it just, uh, they're working on that. I'll, I'll throw another one out there, too. It's, it's called Triple X Church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, be careful when you're... <laughs> Make sure you put Don't Google that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's another one, and that one filters... And I've seen a lot of Mac users... It's okay. It struggles. It's, it's reporting is not as nice. Yeah. And so once we get into this... So this is a good time to have the security talk. Um, I, I badgered my morning class in this. All security is annoying. So let's just all, all agree that anything we do in this area is going to be annoying. L having to lock our cars is annoying because sometimes we lock our keys in the car. So, but we all lock our cars, so we don't take the locks off our So... Whatever you do is going to annoy you. And whatever you install is going to annoy you and it'll take a little bit of your time to have to process it. So for example, if you install monitoring software, the first time you get a report, oh, I have to read through this report? This is annoying. And so there's certain things, you, you, it's worth a little bit of money to get something that speeds up all this monitoring activity. So 
Um, most of us use Covenant Eyes. If you're on a Windows machine and all you have Windows products in the home, Spectre, and I've got that in there, is wonderful. Um, it's like $99. It's a lifetime, not monthly. And it captures a bunch of cool stuff. Um, so that's it, but it doesn't run on Mac. So at least not all the good stuff. So Spectre, you will talk. I've got links later in the notes, but that's another one. Can I interject one thing? Yeah. Spectre is, yeah. I, I guess some of you guys are past this point, but people like me who, whose kids are not quite teenagers yet, mm-hmm. when your teenagers get really savvy, they can get around a lot of things. It's very difficult to get around Spectre, and it's, very, it's impossible to remove Spectre. Mm-hmm. You pretty much have to format your hard drive to install it's, Windows yep. to get Spectre off of it. Yep. Does it slow so, things down? No. Okay. So you're saying that as a word of caution, or you're saying this is a good thing? It's a good Your thing. kids are not going to Well, right now it's not a big deal for you, but Kyle and Ian at one day are going to be yeah. teenagers, right. and they're going to get a lot more computer savvy than you or oh, Steve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And well. Spectre is very difficult to when their friends okay. will show them. Okay, cool. so you're saying yeah. this is a good yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also, let's, you know, if they Google, how do I get rid of, how do I bypass Spectre? That'd be a good thing to know if someone Googled that. Yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> so those are the kinds of things that are helpful. Now, man, we need to have a dialogue. Why do, and that, all this goes back to, it gives opportunities for conversations of the why. Because then we go right back to what Brad was saying, like, now why is it that we would want to guard our eyes? You know, well, because God designed, he wanted you to have a wonderful, fulfilling, pure life. And he wanted to have, he didn't want to have stuff in between you and him. He didn't want to carry shame around. He wanted all the stuff for you and you want to throw that away. And so you want to, these are opportunities to have that wonderful discussion. So that's what this is. Um, And some people also bring up at this point that there's this expectation of privacy. Um, In my marriage, I don't have an expectation of privacy with my wife. She, She has access to any account I have access to. Um, I don't feel like I have any problem with her looking over my shoulder and anything I'm doing. And so I, I'm like, dude, this is great, you know? Um, and same with my daughter. I'm like, dude, you don't get an expectation of privacy. So the younger they are, the better to start this so that when they're 14, 15, 16, you know, this is just normal world. Um, one of the books I'll reference later was a mom who did this with her teenager, and she started laughing because they started, she was texting back and forth using the software with um, her brother at college. And periodically they would reference, and I know mom's reading this, so hi mom. And because they knew it was monitored communications, because they wanted to know who they were communicating with. And she busted out laughing at that moment. But, um, and it's important, so as we talk about the internet, there's tons of good and tons of junk out there. Tons of both. I mean, it's really cool to be able to know at a minute's notice, how tall is Mount Everest? I mean, Google it's done. You know, you know it. There's neat stuff out there. But there's junk out there, too. And so don't forget all the devices that access the Internet. How many guys have smartphones? Uh, how many guys have iPads? How many guys have computers, laptops, Nintendo DSs, Xboxes, Kindles, Androids? I mean, I go on and on. Everything has Internet access now. I mean, you, you, it's amazing. I mean, you can go on my DVD player at home, and it has YouTube. It's like, wow, well, there you go. You know, we got YouTube on my DVD. So you're not going to be able to block everything. But it's good to know before you introduce a technology into your home, okay, is this good at this point? Is this bad at this point? Do I'm realizing it comes with Internet access with it? You know, it's good to know all that coming in. What are the discussions we need to have, you know, for us to have a good plan here? So I want to stop at this point and see if there are any questions about filtering versus monitoring versus you know, privacy, and that's a terrible idea. The thing that you mentioned on the spectrum. Uh-huh. 
laptops? Spectre is for Windows machines. Mm-hmm. So what do you use on an iPhone? Uh, Safe Eyes has an app. Covenant Eyes has an app. Does Spectre have a mobile app? Spectre might have a mobile app. A lot of the high-end companies see this as everyone has one, so they create a mobile app. And so what you can do is you can uh, lock down your phone where you can't at- use Safari. It has parental controls on your phone. And then you just use the Safe Eyes app or just use the Covenant Eyes app, and that's a good way to do it. And that's the link into the Internet? Yes, that's your browser. That's your browser that looks at web pages and records where you've been. And then, you know, it's amazing. If, if somebody always was looking over your shoulder, I think we'd be different people in some level. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's kind of just that having that there, it's, it's, it's a really good safeguard for us of being who we really want to be. So you mentioned the DS. Yeah. For kids. Uh-huh. Okay. The DS. You just go in and you disable the access? Um, I mean, it, it's kind of however you want to do that. I mean, if you want to change the password on your Wi-Fi, they would have to have the password on the Wi-Fi to get access to it. So you can just make sure you know. You like, I'll I'll connect your device to my Wi-Fi, so I know what devices are connected. You can tell your Wi-Fi to only connect to certain devices in the house and not others. Um, and it's just kind of you just kind of have to know it's out there. So how am I going to deal with it? But if they were able to connect that device to another, we might like take you know, it to another device. Mm-hmm. They go to the coffee shop, or you know, they're older. They go someplace, and then they can connect. Then, is there a way to set any um, filtering on their machines directly? On the DSI? Yeah. yeah. Does the, uh, I have no clue. And I don't know if there's software that does that. It's hard. That one would be a hard one. It's hard. Well, we've never turned it on, but mm-hmm. eventually when they're 14, they might go, oh, my old DSI can get to the well, internet. Yeah. <laughs> and they do but then they'll be using their cell phones. Yeah. yeah, it's probably cell phone at that point. And, you know, it's one of those... We're going to be the uncool parents where kids don't have cell phones. <laughs> you know? You hold out for a while. When they get into yeah. high school, it's a little hard. Or they'll have the flip phone. The flip phone, yeah. So, I think what I, what I think is really great is we can do this early. We can develop this level of responsibility where we kind of know our kids because we've been looking over their shoulders so long. We kind of know what their trends are and what they can handle. And we can take a step back, you know. Um, so, we're going to keep going. We're going to talk about more parenting issues. But um, I highly recommend monitoring and filtering, um, especially the monitoring. If you have to pick one, I think the monitoring is, is the way to go. Also, I'll just say this, um, if there's any other computer illiterate people out there, uh, Covenant Eyes does a really good job of giving you a phone number and having a good support staff. Um, yeah. I called them and I was like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, okay, step A, step B. I mean, it's great. It. Yeah. Um, so some of what Jonathan's saying, if it sounds overwhelming, just keep in mind that there's a 800 number. You yeah. And they are they're wonderful people. They're wonderful people. And you can install it on as many machines as you want per one user. So if, like, if you're sitting... Now, the trick is that like, if you want to know which kid is doing which things, then you would need an account for each. And they have family accounts and all that kind of stuff. So I want to watch... So we're going to bounce over to social media. And by this, I'm going to do the MySpace, the Facebook. And um, we're going to first talk about how cool Facebook is. So I want you to see something happen over Christmas if you didn't catch this. This was on Channel 8 News. Um, and Larry clued me into this. Isn't that girl? Good job. Is that right? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that. It was. We're gonna we're gonna see if I can figure out how to do this here. <laughs> it was posted to my page. Was it posted to your page? Yeah. Your Facebook page? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, I lost my. There we go. So we're gonna have to get out of my presentation to see it. Yeah, that's awesome. what I had to do. Did you have to do it too? Yeah. Let's see. We've all seen it. No, we haven't. No. <laughs> this is this is worth this is worth taking a second to, to go look at. Alright. Should be loud enough. Uh, okay. So isn't that cool? So that was Allie Bankston. They had a relative who was a single mom get broken into right before Christmas, had two kids, their TV was stolen, their Wii was stolen, all their Christmas presents were stolen. And so, you know, they called the church like, man, what can we do? And um, you could take one pass left. And um, so Leary threw it up on, on Facebook and said, man, here's the situation. Can you guys help? And he got over $800 for people just to say, man, we want to help save this woman's Christmas. And it was so neat. He said, I had people that dropped out of church who jumped back on to be a part of this deal. And the people came out of the woodwork. And here's just some of the comments of the people. I wanted to show you. This was just a simple Facebook post. Uh, as another example, page two, Josh Gallus was flying. He's over in Turkey right now. He'll be back with us another week or so. He was flying and uh, he landed in Istanbul and he had an ear infection and he couldn't hear out of it so Larry just popped on face like guys would you just pray for Josh's ear he's been ill and he can't hear now and he's got severe pain he's away from home and all these people prayed and the next day Josh's ear was healed and you're just like well that's kind of neat you know how else would that have been done you know, there's, there's no, it'd be hard to call everyone I mean do we wait for the next this week at Grace or we can't put in the bulletin it's just, it's a very useful tool for things like that. The other day I needed to get a homeschooling book and I couldn't remember the name of the bookstore I was going to. So I popped on Facebook and said, do you guys remember the name of this bookstore? And I had 10 people within an hour give me the answer I needed. It was like, oh, that's, that's so neat, you know. And that's the kind of the power of social media is people are on it. It's quick. It's interesting. You get to hear about people's lives you wouldn't have time to hear about, especially if you have kids and you're home and you don't have a lot of time to go hang out at this person's house. Um, so it is a very, I mean, my Sarah's grandmother has fallen in love with it. It's the only time she gets to hear steady stories, the grandkids, see the picture of little baby Grace pulling up this week. You know, I get to send something to my mom through Facebook and she gets to see, you know, what Ruthie said about her this week. And um, So Facebook has some really neat stuff to it. It's very powerful. You know, if you're looking for a job, there's almost no better place to look for a job than through your Facebook contacts. I mean, you're like, dude, I need a job. Well, you let everyone know. Now you've got 400 people who are looking. And they all got 300 people who are their friends. So 
that is that is the pitch. That and there's over 800 million people on Facebook now. So it's almost like there it, there isn't another game in town. I mean, this is the the place where everyone is. Um, so we need to be salt and light out there in this community talking about things because that's where people are talking about. Would you do me a favor? Would you go find my wife? She's somewhere out there and can't figure out how to get here. Okay. Thank you, brother. The, door, the, the doors are locked. The door was not open. To, to the office? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, James. Thank you, Brad. Um, so as I talk about that, we're going to talk about scary stuff in a second. Who feels like, man, I, I, I want to embrace Facebook. I have no idea what Facebook is. Like, where are you feeling about Facebook these days? You love Facebook. My wife loves Facebook. Well, his, once a month. Once a month. That's about where I'm at. I'm growing, John. I'm with you. All the other ones. Yes. All kinds of people want to contact me, and that's fun. You're just so popular. As a Facebook, once a month, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the Scorpio, there's this and there's that, and there's the other thing. You can't get that. Yes. So tell me, overload. So tell me, what is Facebook? Why don't you guys tell me what is Facebook good for and what's it bad for? Let's let's talk about what's it good for first. Posting grandchildren's pictures. Grandchildren's amazing. Grandchildren, yeah. Yeah. Out of state people, man. It's it, there's nothing better. My family would never. Yes, there's nothing better for out of state people. What and else? Out of the country. Oh, yeah. I, I had oh, yeah. Renee and Mary. Yes. Egypt. So Renee's like, you've got to make me this list of must-have things for the baby for the next three years. I'm Aww. like, ah! <laughs> so Sarah, you can come step here. Facebook and I put this. Okay, parents, please help me. You know what? If you had to leave the country for two or three years, what are you going to put on your... Right. i got to have it. I yes. I'll add you know, all that stuff. Well, and, anyway. I, and I think prior requests for people that you don't get to see normally. Every yeah. Time, you know, that might... A little prayer request, little needs. I'm having a surgeon mom pray for me. Yeah. What are... Hmm? Do you consider Skype a social network? No, I don't. I use it uh, for talking with like grandparents and one-to-one, one-to-three. We use it in the house of prayer, talk to missionaries all the time, every Tuesday morning. Um, I don't use Skype in a social media because social media is kind of the sense of, I'm going to put something out there for 100 people to look at. You can do conference calls with it, but it's more just it's kind of hanging out there. Yeah, Skype is like a video phone more. So, um, what is bad stuff about Facebook? What what is problematic with Facebook? What kind of privacy? Personal. It depends on how much information you divulge about yourself. Isn't that interesting? What people will say on Facebook they would never say in person. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. I'm like, you would never say that to my face, but you would say it on Facebook. <laughs> I know. It's like, wow. I think God designed it as like seasons. Like there are people for different seasons. There's a healthy letting go of certain people coming into another. And we were driving around in San Diego a couple years ago when we were at a conference listening to this radio show about they had multiple people calling in and all of the people who had experiences with either their spouse or a loved one who had, you know, affairs or mm. left their families that started with Facebook. Mm. And there was just call 
Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you get tired of the life you're in, and you can just contact anyone without accountability from your past. Yeah. You yeah, know, there's just, a voyeurism aspect to mm-hmm. checking in on people that you may not have seen forever. Mm-hmm. You know, or watching and keeping track of people. You know, you feel mm-hmm. like you're distant. A real extreme. I know I already have. Um, a real extreme case that took place in Kansas City in a community that we were in. Mm-hmm. Um, a 17-year-old girl. Uh, my sister actually shared babysitting times with this house. Mm-hmm. Um, had posted that she was going to go to Target and return some Christmas gifts or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had accepted a friend on Facebook prior to that she didn't know, uh, a younger guy or something. Stalked her to Target. Found her, brought her up to the woods, raped her. In the middle of the afternoon. In the middle of the afternoon, all the access, yeah, all the access was Facebook. Mm. And that's how he. Because people say, I'm going to Facebook stalk this person, but you actually can't kind of follow their stuff. You know, especially And then that whole where you're at thing. Where you're at, yeah, the checkpoints. Yeah, I never do that. I don't know where. Some people don't know that that's, I mean, you're right. There's. You have to be very smart about it and know that that's available. Yeah. If you don't know, it you can be tells people on Facebook where you're going. From your I'm going to yeah, I'm yeah, going okay. to target You have to choose to do it. Yeah, or I'm going on vacation yeah. for a week. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. 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 So my house will be empty, yeah. you know. Yeah. I've actually got a more common uh just bought a forty eight script. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, James. Sorry, I'm a more sorry. common bad thing with Facebook uh, mm-hmm. that I've uh, unfortunately been part of is you can you can talk to somebody and because they can't hear the tone of your voice mm. uh, you get into arguments or offend people yes. things like that and you know, I've up, seen little yeah. cat fights too, and I'm thinking, yeah. yes, so petty. You know, oh yeah. no, no. And then, okay, a lot of people my age are, are okay. They're playing Farmville or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. Yes. They've got extra time. I yes. don't use my time. Right. Clean up to have time to play video games. Yeah. To sell you a pig on Farmville. I just have to say that you know that's. It's not that that's a bad thing. Yes. I, just, I have to ask myself, how much time should I be on here? Time waster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time waster. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It can be, and yeah. and you know, especially it's so attractive to like my teenage daughter. Oh yeah. And you know, we're just constantly okay. Give me your phone. You know. Yeah. Turn yeah. it in. Yeah. You know, just really trying to figure out how to monitor that right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cell phone companies will give you a certain amount of monitoring. You know, you just have to. I don't know. We're still I'll give you some uh, some thoughts from a guy who doesn't have a teenager in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, all that is to say, social media is here to stay. It's going to grow. It's going to um, get more popular. Um, and I think it has some really nice uses. I mean, I, I see the way Margaret uses it. I see the way Larry Gallus uses it. And I'm like, these guys are good. Margaret has a way of, in her Facebook community, of just inserting a little helpful thing of just focusing on Jesus. It's just so wonderful. Larry has a way of just sharing authenticity and just being real. Like, guys, this is a situation. We need to do something about this. That's wonderful. You know, they're very good about it. I want to get better at telling stories on Facebook because I see so much cool stuff happening around here. And I don't do enough telling about it. So I want to give you just 10 seconds just to go see what we're, if you guys aren't, 
on our Facebook page at Grace. We're getting better at it. But this is our Facebook page. You can go to our GraceHarlington.com, click on Facebook, and you can see recent pictures. You can see recent pictures. You can see uh, little notes like, hey, we hope you'll join us for our Christmas Eve service. You can see the video of Grace Cares we did. I've tried and put all the videos up the week, the couple days after they show in church. So you can see Andrew Zapp and his little thing going on there. And it's just a wonderful place. And you can talk to people about things like, hey, is that, is that really happening or not? You know, and I just, I just think it's really nice to have that as another tool. And a lot of people are using it. Um, so Facebook is a good way of, if you want to take it this way, of getting into people's lives and projecting the gospel, the good news of Christ. Sarah and I hear a lot of issues on Facebook. The clue is that we ought to call that person. That's one of our best uses of Facebook is, oh, we, that person's going for surgery tomorrow. We, did you know that? I didn't know that. Well, I don't need to call them. And Facebook's great for that. You know, it clues you into what's happening to people. Oh, my goodness, they got robbed. We need to call them. Whereas before, we, did, we wouldn't have known. We wouldn't have known for months or weeks. Um, so uh, just the note of caution, we're going to get into this. Um, so now let's talk about, so what do we do um, with Facebook? Let me get back over here to my social media slides here. Um, pictures on the internet. Imagine a world where every one of your friends growing up had a camera in his pocket. So think back to your teen days, John. <laughs> Everyone has a camera. In every place you went, they were like, oh, let me shoot that picture. That's kind of fun. And then they uploaded all these pictures to one place. So we could go back in time and we could see every place John Decker went to a party, every, every outing he had, you know, all on Facebook forever. You know, and just no one's ever had that before. But now, and this is the world we live in. And you go to a lot of parties. Not so much. <laughs> you know, mishandling pictures can have such lasting effects. You know, I don't know if you guys seen any of these. I mean, they happen almost every month. You know, Katie Reese lost her bid to become Miss America due to photos taken and uploaded by another person at a party she was at four years earlier. So someone other than her took a picture of her and uploaded it to Facebook, and that disqualified her. You know, another American Idol got disqualified based on pictures that were uploaded to Facebook. You know, we've had family members lose jobs based on Facebook posts that were, and you're just like, so... Were these intentional, malicious people who did that? I don't think so. I think it's just, we're just having fun. We're sharing, and you have to realize, anything that's out there is really out there. Permanently. Permanently out there. And, oh, yes. Yes. Well, let's say that Mickey was going to run for mayor in Arlington. Or let's say, and someone said, let's just see if she ever had a Facebook thing, if she ever did anything, said anything, had a newsletter, was tagged in anything. You would have to be connected yeah. your name somehow. Somebody tagged, somebody tagged her, somebody recognized her. Yeah. So some, someone had access to it that somehow. said, oh, she's running for Miss America? Okay, yes. Well, I know something. And then they yeah. So the question I had was, she, they wouldn't have had to been a friend. No. What I've done in my Facebook is protect my information, I think. Yes. By saying only friends yes. have access to this. But, but your point is that someone else could have loaded yeah. up a picture oh. of me and tagged me, and then anybody yeah. can have that. Yeah, let's say, let's say I don't do this, but let's say that I went to BJ's Brew House, which I love BJ's Brew House, great food. And let's say that I had three beers 
and you walked up and said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. Click. And then you post, hey, saw Jonathan, BJ Brew House, checked in. And now all 400 people saw me with three beers in front of me at BJ Brew House. Now, I'm not saying I would do that, but, but see, you see how that quickly happens? It's really quick. So we have to realize that we have to now, as we're, as we're dealing in the world of Facebook and pictures and all that, things that happen now could affect us and our kids and our family members for years later. So this is the kind of stuff that we need to be talking about as we're saying, okay, when you're posting things on Facebook, when you're talking about things on Facebook, when you're joking about things on Facebook, is that the kind of thing you would want out there 10 years from now? It may be or may not be. Let's hope it is. I would love it to be. I'd love for us all to have that wisdom that, you know, that, that we're all doing wonderful things like that. You know, not always. but um, So that's the kind of stuff we just need to be working with most employers and school officials now before you hire and when you get apply to a school and stuff are checking Facebook pages before you apply. So how many of you have gone into your Facebook settings and looked at your privacy settings? I have. Oh, you guys are great. So half the ground. Privacy settings in Facebook, you should take a round through there. Privacy settings tell you who finds you, who looks at your pictures, and all sort of, who can tag you in photos, all sorts of really good stuff. You should go through there and make sure it's set up the way you want to be as private as you want. Um, in our home, we both have each other's Facebook password. And so we can, at any time we want to, log in as the other person, see who they've been messaging with, who they've been uploading with, who they've been doing all sorts of stuff with. When Ruthie is old enough to have a Facebook page, I will have Ruthie's profile and password. And probably I'll just make it a routine thing that once every few days I'll log in and I'll just, now I don't need to be a friend of Ruthie's on Facebook, but I'll log in as her. Maybe someday I'll be cool enough to be a friend of Ruthie's. We'll see. Um, sure. But I'm going to log in as her and, and monitor because I think it's fine for my Facebook as long as I'm monitoring. And when I see something that's problematic, I need to initiate that conversation. Because remember, we're, not, we're being proactive in this. Initiate the conversation. Um, common stuff. If you were to go through our, our youths at this church's Facebook pages, common stuff would be, um, you know, is it a good plan to upload photos of a pool party? You know, of a bunch of 14, 15 year olds in swimsuits at a, at a party. Probably not a good plan. Really common. Really common. Um, and you go through just all those different kind of things. So these are the kind of things we need to be talking about in our homes. We need to be talking about with people, you know, what is... What is this going to be used for? You know, if I were to go apply to be a senior pastor at another church someday, like, let's go look at Jonathan's Facebook page. What is the kind of stuff that he believes in? You know, what is the kind of stuff he uploaded? Is this the kind of guy? That's exactly what I would do if I was hiring a pastor. You know, what is the kind of stuff we want out there? So, if people find our that type of search yeah. engines, what resources do they use? And my question is, can we have? some kind of legislation or something like our um, credit scores where we can review them and give approval or ask to block it. Is there anything pending like that? Not that I've heard of. Yeah, I mean, everything yeah. is so open it's, that there's it's no open. controls whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Nobody's even considering yeah. controls. Right. It's like 
we were talking about your Facebook security and privacy. Mm -hmm. Not being a member of Facebook doesn't protect you yeah. right. from what someone could do to you. That's exactly right. <laughs> but, no. and, Somebody could still take a picture of you and put your name yeah. by it. Yeah. And they, people could still exactly. search by it. Yeah, that, yeah that, that girl we were talking about, it was probably someone who was a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend That's of a friend. Mm -hmm. well, I, I don't know why people would even friend people that they don't know. It doesn't make no. sense to me. What do you think is a good age, maybe roundtable, I don't know, um, for the kids to start wanting a Facebook page? <laughs> Definitely yeah. wait till they ask. <laughs> no, 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 there's an age requirement, I think. They start asking. I think teenager. With a girl who, uh, she was when she was in first grade, her friend's brother was 15, so of course he was Facebooking and filming mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Well, she had a Facebook page and she actually friended me. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so. Keyboard. I don't know. I mean, her I was like, she was like six. And so when that mother called me about, you know, like the mom actually called mm -hmm. and said, you know. What's going on? I'm like, uh, she's six. Yes. And, and she shouldn't have a Facebook page. Amen. But, Way know, to be proactive so, and call them all. So Amber, right? Yeah. Good and job. And so, um, and so Amber's been since like six. We well, Miley has one. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, Ma Miley, Miley's a girl who has a lot of things that <laughs> most people would be like, why? See, I thought but there anyway. was an age limit. There may be. I think. I think you and have to decide. I think you have to decide, but I do think when your child or your spouse gets a Facebook page, it ought to be shared. In the in the the parents ought to have it, both spouses ought to have it. Oh, for sure. And and you ought to say this is kind of what's expected, and then you need to check. And Sarah said, "Oh my gosh, you mean I have to log in periodically and check?" Yes, that's part of what being a parent is: is we have to monitor that. You go through their room when they're yes. Can I speak to that question real quick too? Yeah. Just, um, Please. I think sometimes there's a tendency to want to put law on things. Mm -hmm. um, I think it depends greatly on your kid, mm -hmm. and, um, personality, uh, what their sim simple tendencies can be, um, yeah. and, and then just to, to pray about it. And and even to, this is one thing I wish I would have said a little bit more about, but even to ask, try to get to their motives mm -hmm. for Facebook, you know, asking them why they're wanting to post certain things or do certain things. So I, I think it depends greatly on your child. Mm -hmm. um, the same way that we pray about schools, you know, yeah. homeschool, public school, they're not all evil, no, mm -hmm. you know, right. but, but it depends on, on your kid, how they interact with that. So. To tag on to that, as soon as you make a law, it's human nature to want to go. Amen. So Amen. It's a hard thing. Explain to the child what has happened mm -hmm. to people that have had Facebook that, you know, wasn't was outside of their control and we're trying to protect you as an insider can you give me insight into the psychology of hackers why people choose to get credit cards or why they well there's a profit them. there's a profit motive yeah, to that, that I can see, but it's like and it's just it's just kind of even putting a virus yeah, online or something it's just kind of cool like like this kid well, like back in my, my career days, you know, I went to many classes on cracking passwords, and it was always fun. I mean, there's a fun thing to like. Yeah, it's like I got into, I got into Barry's passwords. I cracked them. I, I got to see his stuff. Yeah. So I think, I think there's just a cool aspect to it. Yes. I have a know my daughter, a to Yeah. Facebook. Yes. I buy the software mm -hmm. later, yeah. then I check her Facebook without you, the password. No, you should still have the password because no software, I'm going to get this a little bit. 
Facebook is hard to monitor. It, it, it is picked up by Spectre, but it's not going to pick up every little piece. It'll say for sure they went to Facebook today, they spent this amount long on it, but it may not pick up every person they messaged within Facebook. It depends on the software. So if, if, if I have a child that's on Facebook, I'm going to be logging in regularly to check check there and that's just gonna be like you know i'm gonna check and see who your friends are i'm gonna check and see what their pictures your friends are posting i'm gonna check and see you know man you know do you really think this is a good friend for you to have at this point because they seem to really be posting a lot of junk and i'm gonna be um i'm gonna be in their world so that's that's kind of my attitude but it's in it it's it's back to what brad said it's an opportunity to to talk about the heart and what we're trying to do it's it's so i would have both but i i'd say they're just you don't get to have a facebook account find out the password it's real easy i log in and the password's changed like so what's the deal what are you trying to hide you know i mean i think i think that's just part of living in that world but there are 200 this is a stat that amazed me 250 million new photos every day are uploaded to facebook Every day. That's a lot of pictures, man. That's all those smartphones and cameras and DSIs or something. I'm like, dude, no, that's amazing. That's not counting how many people are talking about. That's just people are uploading stuff. So, um, so you can't keep track of all that with filters and everything. So I think protecting the world, protecting the friends, and monitoring and saying, man, if, so let's talk. If somebody uploads something objectionable, what's going to happen? What you don't want to have is you don't want to have a situation where if the child comes to you, you cut them off. Because then what is their motivation going to be? Well, I can't tell mom. You know, you go look, and we're going to look through some quotes of kids. That's one of the big things is, well, I can't tell mom, she'll cut off my access. And so you have to have a world where we're not going to overreact. But we do need to have a world where they can come to us. Sarah's burning up. Why don't you just crack the door? Is anyone cold? No. No. <laughs> no. It's going to be hot no matter what. That's right. Does anybody want to be the only cold one? Um, one other thought, too, Jonathan. Yeah. Add to that is um, Rick Warren had a great quote. I don't usually quote Rick Warren, but. Um, we'll allow you this one. Thank you. Speaking about, um, like, he called it criticism. Yeah. Or just dealing with the internet, mm -hmm. that it's constant, instant, permanent, and global. Constant, That's good. Instant, permanent, and global. Tell Gary about that as he's thinking, man, sermons I preached a decade ago, well, people are still, yeah, <laughs> still yeah, downloading yeah. listening to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything you yeah. post online. It's yeah. Worldwide, it's, it's know, there, man. Constantly there. It's instantly there. It's you know, permanent. How do you control things that friends of friends post? So, so what? I, like, say, uh -huh. tagging. Joe is friends with my friend Heather, mm -hmm. and he posts a picture and tags Heather. Mm -hmm. But can't you in do it, that? You can block friends of friends. You can block friends of friends. You Even can set if they the privacy. Tag a friend? Yeah, mm -hmm. you can block that. In the privacy settings. So that's yeah. one of the settings. They have a lot of privacy settings. You just go through, and I think if you have any friend who's posting things that are problematic, mm -hmm. and you know them, you call the mom or the dad and say, "Man, just letting you know," and then you cut them off. Then you just cut them off. Can I share an example? Sure. My grandson took a picture of someone in this church. Mm -hmm. Me? Put it in his <laughs> Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> Figured no one would ever see it from this church. Yes. Someone in North Texas saw the picture, recognized the person, and knew that it was my grandson who posted it. 
and I heard about it. Wow. And I, I don't do Facebook, so See? I called him and I said, "Did you do such and such?" Says, yes, but no one should know about it. I says, "Well, See? guess what? You get that thing off that Facebook now." You. And well, he said, okay, yeah. Grandpa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Reputations have been damaged on Facebook. I'm telling you. So I want to say two things and give James a chance if he wants to chime with anything. Uh, one thing I hear from Caleb all the time is he says, youth in this church can um, Facebook great, text great. But he said, it's amazing sometimes they lack the face-to-face conversation skill. So if you notice that people are trending too much to the, the, the technology and don't have the face-to-face skill, that's something we need to realize and work on because he said, hey, I have to sit down, I have to teach them. Okay, this is the questions you ask. We're having a conversation with a youth and they come in. And um, The other one is it really, Facebook really does blur the line between safe, close friends who will are trustworthy, who you can share stuff with, and acquaintances who you felt bad about saying you're not my friend, so I'll add you as a friend. And so you kind of have this weird, everyone's kind of in my world, and I'm assuming you're safe and I'm sharing these things, and that's just not true. Everyone's not safe like that. So that's the other big thing to be aware of. You want to jump in with me with Facebook? I really don't know you, but I don't hate you, so because I don't hate you, I can't really like deny you uh, know. friend. That's, that's the thing so I really have to too. say yes, but I really like have only talked to you once. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but so here's the what do we do? Every parent needs to have all the passwords, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs review privacy settings. Make sure the way you want them. Every parent should check the child's account regularly. Husbands and wives, open disclosure on all friends. No adding a friend that Sarah had back in junior high that she always thought was kind of cute without her talking to me. Or, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that you need to talk about. Open disclosure on all friends that are potentially problematic. She was a hottie in junior high. I don't know. That's one of those things. Um, and then, if you see problems, be willing to pull the plug. What Brad said earlier about the Matthew verse, you know, cut off your army, pull the plug for a while if needed. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. the last couple things you've said and... Are terrible. No, keep going. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Why'd you say that to my face? That will be. You said did. open disclosure. Yes. And everything I have learned, uh, because I... Okay, I've got two 10-year-olds, okay? Mm-hmm. So they're just getting to an age where it's, it's uncharted territory for me, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I have, uh, I've been asking other parents, parents of older kids, you know, what did you guys do about this? You know, all kinds of different mm-hmm. things. Uh, all kinds of aspects of parenting, but everything that it has come back to when, when it comes to the internet thing is open discussion with the kids about everything. And that, to me, because you, you asked a while ago, how do you control this? You know, okay. you, you just said, yeah. that's the answer to every question that's been asked mm-hmm. is if you know that your kid uh, totally trusts you because they know that what you're you know that you're not keeping any secrets from them and you, mm. they don't want you don't want them to keep any secrets you know what I'm saying mm. um, there's this trust going both ways because uh, what I've learned the uh, uh, just just a couple of uh, one example um, in the mid 90s I was a school teacher I taught for one year at junior high school and I overheard a conversation between two girls seventh grade girls they didn't know I was 
within earshot. Uh, I was a science teacher, so I'm doing labs. There's a lot of just open walking around time and stuff. It wasn't, you know, the normal classroom setting. And so everybody's allowed to talk, and I heard these two girls talking, and one of them said her, her older boy, these are seventh graders, her older boyfriend wanted to have physical relations with her, mm -hmm. and the other one said, well, did you tell your parents? And she said, no, it's none of their business. Mm. And so I could say that there was no trust at, at seventh grade with, mm -hmm. their, with their parents. And so one thing, and that was before I was a parent, so I guess my point is, everybody I've asked, and I've asked some, some dads in this church, uh, who, have, who have kids older than mine, and every one of them who was successful, that is, who had mm -hmm. good, well-adjusted kids, has mentioned that first and foremost. Yep. Is, is have the open discussion. You want to talk about the birds and the bees? Sure. You don't just do one talk. You know, you, you constantly Amen. talk about, you know, how do you treat women if you're a boy and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And once, once you've got that openness, then all this other stuff, you know, the friend of the friend says something bad. Well, the kid already knows. It's hey, so good. Me not to, you know, associate with stuff. Like it's so good. So they got that foundational stuff, I guess. Is a, and the, the other thing I wanted to share, and this is going to be kind of a, uh, bringing in some of Brad's stuff with yours together, going back to the heart thing. Um, I have a verse I wanted to share. It's Matthew ten sixteen. This is in red. So uh -huh. Really, really important. <laughs> <laughs> the red letters. Behold, I send you out as a sheep in the midst of wolves hmm. to be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, the thing about serpents is Jesus is talking to Jewish people, so he knows that they know Genesis 3. And when they hear serpent, they're thinking devil, right? Uh -huh. So why would Jesus tell you to be like a serpent? And uh, what, I've, what I've discovered as I've uh, kind of meditated on this verse as Jesus is saying, okay, there's a Satan out there who's really subtle, mm -hmm. and uh, when he when he has to be, and you got to think like him mm -hmm. to in order to be up to whatever kind of tricks he's in. And this isn't just for parenting; it's going back to the whole porn thing with with parents, with the, I mean, with us men and stuff like that. But I guess my point is, most of us in here would reject something that's blatantly offensive. We wouldn't watch, <coughs> you know, some NC-17 movie, you mm -hmm. know. But man, you put in a movie or you put in a website that's just got a little bit of something in there, mm. and it's that slippery slope thing. And so what I'm uh, what I what I'm kind of working on with my my kids and also myself is to avoid uh, the things that are just the, the subtle deals, if that makes any sense. And that goes to that's Facebook good. and YouTube that you're about to talk to, movies, TV. You know, am I going to let just even a little bit of something in there? And that's uh, that's kind of the thing that I think will uh, will help quite a bit is. So I got two things there: <laughs> mm -hmm. open dialogue with your great. spouse or your kids, yep. and and the uh, the slippery slope thing. Think like Satan does, you know. Mm -hmm. Don't you know? Look out for little tricks. You know, you talk about okay, I can avoid pornography, but if I'm at the grocery store, there's a Cosmo or a Health and Fitness, one of those muscle fitness mm -hmm. type magazines, staring me right in the face. It's those kind of things that uh, that Satan knows I'm not going to go for the obvious stuff, so he's going to try and, and get in with that stuff. So. Anyway, that is a good, good bridge to YouTube, which is your going yes. next, because there's a lot of subtle stuff in there. Three billion videos are viewed every day on YouTube. Mm -hmm. There's 800 million unique visitors every month, and more videos uploaded to YouTube in one month than the three major networks created in 60 years. Wow. That's a lot of video. I mean, that is just a ton of video. I uploaded two videos to YouTube this morning, both for Gary. And you're just thinking to yourself, man, that is, a, that is amazing. How, how does it get so big? Um, 
let's talk about the advantages, you know, because technology is neutral. YouTube is a wonderful way to share video. Don't try and email videos around. You'll kill yourself in your email. Um, it's a wonderful way for me to share a video of like uh, a baptism or a ded- when we dedicated grace. I was able to share that with family members who weren't in church that Sunday. Um, we use it every Sunday on the, on the Facebook website you know, to throw up YouTube videos of what happened in church. Uh, we use it all over our Grace Arlington website. Um, disadvantages contains tons of nudity, violence, coarse language. It's difficult for monitoring software to report on it. Um, CE Covenant Eyes does show a lot of, like for example, Grace Community Church videos that it says, oh, you might want to check this. It's from YouTube. So it's a little bit overly reporting. I don't know about all the others, but you're like, okay, that's a little annoying. Um, and it's the same problems as pictures. Once you've uploaded a YouTube video, they stick around forever. I mean, it just hangs out out there. And then advertisements, pop-ups to the right and left can be problematic. Um, so what do we do? Um, if To post on YouTube, you must have a YouTube account. So back to the whole four years from now, are you really going to want this video out there? Back to that whole thing. Um, know what your, if your child has a YouTube account or, you know, have their password and review that history. Because if you log into YouTube, it keeps track not only what you've uploaded, but what you've watched and everything out there. Um, if you have a monitoring software, it's going to track every video they've watched on there. Um, and regular review what videos are being uploaded. You know, just the same as the pictures. Because I can take a little video with my phone and I click a button and say, upload to YouTube. And you're just like, okay, you know, it's, it's up there. It never hit a computer. So, um, and it, I mean, YouTube is fun. My wife and I have spent time on the couch just popping around YouTube videos, laughing our heads off before. And, uh, and so it's got funny stuff. It's got helpful stuff. I used two YouTube videos in this morning's class talking about computers. Uh, I mean, if you want to know how to take apart anything or put it back together, there's a YouTube video show you how to install a trampoline. I mean, it's amazing what's out there. But the sink faucet is in our kitchen, thanks to YouTube. Thank you. Hey, the sink faucet is, I'm telling you, it's amazing. But just with all those advantages, there's junk out there. So what is the plan for it? When you introduce that in the home, what is the plan for it? You know, how are we going to monitor it? How are we going to, you know, watch things that are appropriate? So any YouTube questions? I would say one other tip yeah. on that, and this is for everything, is have the monitor facing outward, whether it's out in your open yeah. living room. By the way, I told you I talked to a lot of dads. This is another thing that all the successful dads are doing. Mm-hmm. They have the monitor right in the middle of the living room or against the wall where it's facing the bulk of the living room mm-hmm. or in their computer room, same thing. It's facing the door. That's a good Never idea. Never be in a place where you can, you know, hide. Oop, mom's coming. Click. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that, that's, that's a great idea. Or my wife's coming. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. My sister has successfully raised. She's got two teenagers still, but mm-hmm. she said um, they don't give their Wi-Fi password to um, the pe- people. I mean, she gave it to us, but she's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't give this to my own kids. Yeah. I want them out here in the living room. That's great. Yes. Because I don't want them, you know, mm-hmm. on their iPhone or whatever. Yeah. The iPod, yeah. For hours. And, mm-hmm. so. yeah. It's very smart. And there isn't anything safe. I mean, Legos videos, little mm-hmm. movies I had my grandson watching mm-hmm. horrible words were coming out of his okay. kid's mouth that was doing the little thing. Yes. Like, yes. You know, once it's out it, uh, it's yeah. there. Right. So you kind of I'm going to throw out again, if you're going to have like just kids randomly on YouTube, um, I would download them first. And you can download any YouTube video by going to keepvid.com um, and so 
I, I, would, I would throw that out there. We use it extensively around here. Go to keep, keepvid.com. So if you want to like, man, I want to show this to my five-year-old later. You know, I can just type the, paste the YouTube link in to keep vid, download the video, and show it later without having to go to YouTube to do it. What do you get all those little extras? The so extra advertisements. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. I mean, it could pop up. have to explain that. Right. Plus, the, she might know who. The comments at the bottom of a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. and I've, I've, my kid has wanted to see maybe this great diving catch or something from a sport. And all this vulgarity <coughs> is in the vulgarity is in the comments below yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah, if you can download it, it's, you, you avoid all that. It's just, it's just better. Yeah. Plus, she might get exposed to Justin Bieber if she's on there too long. So. <laughs> I don't like him. I'm so happy. All right. So we've hit better. Facebook. That's even better. We've hit YouTube, we've hit the internet monitoring, now we're on to instant chat. Um, this is everywhere. Uh, as an intro to this one, I was talking with Caleb this week, he and Brad played Frisbee golf, and they ran into an English guy. And they're like, so, are you married? He's like, yeah, how did you meet your wife? I met her doing chat on an online video game. And so we're thinking to ourselves, how does that happen? You know, obviously they were sharing some, some good stuff, you know, and Eventually, he moved over here and got married to her. And I don't know if they still play. You should have asked. No, no, if they, yeah, no, they'll don't. See, social media, baby. And that's how you learned it. Brad's thinking, what else did I say during this round? Um, but just to show you, almost everything out there has instant chat built into it. Um, we use it in this office to find to answer quick questions from computer to computer. Like Lizzie might say, hey, I need to know this while I'm on a telephone call. She'll send me an instant chat, and I'll be able to respond without hanging up on the person I'm talking to. Um, people use it extensively in the business world uh, with comments. Chrissy calls. said that um, uh, Kyle's DS has instant chat. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. She was like, yeah. Yeah. She was like what is that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and she's like, he could like send messages to people. Yes, if if she gives him the Wi-Fi, absolutely. <laughs> um, if you have a Gmail account, you have Google Talk up there on the left hand side, and I have co former coworkers. They'll sometimes pop up and say, "Hey, I noticed you logged on Gmail. What are you doing?" I'm like, "Man, so good. How are you doing?" Um, online gaming, World of Warcraft, MSN Live games. You know, when I was growing up, Zone.com was big. It was a Microsoft site. I love playing Spades. Spades was a great game growing up for me. A little strategy, a little luck, but. In there, it was this, these big chat rooms, and you're just playing with random people. And did my family really know that it, their 12-year-old son was just playing spades? And nothing happened to me, but it was a bunch of random stuff. And every once in a while, I'd have to kill a game because something got and a little too Facebook, squirrely. on Facebook, can't mm -hmm. you play games with people who aren't even your friends? Oh, sure. You just play games that they'll assign you random, random people. Yeah. Yeah. Xbox 360, I don't know if this falls in the same category. You can chat live. Yes. Yes. Online games. Like 11-year-old boys, and they're like dropping F-bombs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you ever suck at this game. I'm like, you can tell your mom that you just said, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so great. So my, yeah, my sons could be playing. Yes. And, and it comes through the TV. When yes. Anyway, just yeah. another. If you have Xbox 360, little kid or grandchild, <laughs> I would just monitor that because they're yes. cussing like crazy on yes. and it just the, the dialogue what they're talking about sexual stuff and right but you can also share the gospel like, <laughs> like, I'm like I'm going to take you down in this UFC match that I'm playing preach <laughs> the gospel for you <laughs> thank you Brad love you guys appreciate you guys
Um, in short, instant chat is everywhere. Just be aware of it. It's like everything else. You know, we need to decide how are we going to monitor, how are we going to use it. You know, um, one mom in the book, she had a very great idea that I've, I'm going to use for Ruthie. If she, when she gets older, you can do instant chat if you use proper typing technique. So if I ever see you not having your hands on the home keys, then you get unplugged for a couple days or something like that. And she said her kids are amazing typists now. And, and so just simple things like that, if you can loop it in there, you know, um, yeah, some sort of incentive, you know, because everyone does need to type. Um, and if you know who they're communicating with, and that's where the, the Spectre monitoring software, some of these monitoring softwares that track all this are really good for that. Um, so, you know, you need to decide what's the plan. The positives are, you don't have to wait for a break in the action. You can get the answer right now. Um, just like Facebook, you know, sometimes people will communicate things via text or something. They won't communicate face-to-face. -face. Um, there's just a weird honesty there. So in the book, I'll, I'll reference it a little bit. The mom was saying sometimes she'll text or instant chat her daughter in another room at the house, and she'll get a more honest answer from that than by calling out a question to her. And so there's just interesting things to know about communication habits with people. Um, it lets you know ahead of time who is away from their computer or there. It's very popular. Negatives are it makes it feel safe to talk to strangers because you think it's anonymous or mostly anonymous. And people say really harsh stuff. They would never say face-to-face -face in, in text forms. And so you just need to kind of be out there. And, and so what are you going to do? So I wanted to share a couple sample stories um, that, that I found that I thought were good. You know, these are just kids talking about, you know, sample stories from instant chat. And this one, I have people contact me online all the time through MySpace or IM. If they don't leave me alone, sometimes I tell my parents. Uh, I was on AIM. AOL Instant Messenger is a very popular chat one. And this random guy is like, hey, I'm like, um, do I know you? And he said, nope. So I looked at his profile, and it had a link to pornography on it, so I blocked him. So that's a kid who did the right thing. Um, I was in a Christian chat room, and I guess this guy was watching me for some time. He said he was a Christian. He gained my trust. He had a webcam. A lot of times these are web-enabled, and asked me if I wanted to see his face. I said, sure. I saw his face, and then he showed the camera down to his private parts, Aspen 17. So that's the kind of stuff that's out there, you know, and that's not uncommon. For There's tons of other stories like that. So, you know, just like everything else, you know, what are we going to do? You know, we can't necessarily go Amish. You know, we can't just cut off the, the world, but we need to know, okay, what are we going to do? You know? How do you block things? Um, it, it's impossible to block everything unless you disconnect the internet. Mm -hmm. but, no, 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 no. Yeah. But you said block things. You, you mentioned that. How do you do that? Oh, like, like block people? In, a, in any yeah, instant chat? Yeah. yeah, like Facebook. You can turn off, no one is allowed to, tech, to message me if they're not a friend. You can turn that off in your Facebook privacy settings. Turn off chat, yeah, you can turn off chat. Um, do you have a Facebook account? Yeah, up, up in the top under settings, you have privacy settings. Um, if you ever want to know how to do anything on a computer, you can ask the great Google. So you just go, how do I change my privacy settings on Facebook? And click the top link, and it'll answer. We did this this morning. We did like, so my iPhone won't turn on. What do I do? We typed in, first link, fixed it. You know, we did all sorts of things like that. Just ask Google any question. Don't ask, is Jesus the true God? I don't know if it'll do that. But, but any, any computer-related sure question. it'll have some links. It'll have some links. Is Jesus the, the true God of the universe? Um, and and that, will, that will tell you how to do this. 
Um, and monitoring software, you know, it's kind of back to that whole thing. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have a computer without monitoring software for stuff like this. Um, right now, they, add, they say somewhere between 50 and 60,000 child predators are online at any moment on the Internet. And so you just think, okay, if there's that many, and one of them was trying to talk to my child, what would I want them to do? You know, what do I need to train them for? You know, that kind of stuff. If someone, you don't know, contacts you, what do you do? You know, and, and suggestions that young rangers don't talk to strangers. You know, be careful what you say. You know, texting is not anonymous. Um, just like any other thing, type it on a computer, it's assume people are going to see it. You just assume it's public. Don't type it if you don't think it's going to be public someday. To, to the monitoring point? Yeah. If there is someone trying to contact your kid and they mm -hmm. alert you, can you go into your monitoring? And is there information on who that person might be? I mean, obviously, some I'll have people a name, are really good at like hiding. a username or something. Yeah. yeah. Some people are really good at hiding and they know tricks and things, mm -hmm. but other people might be novices and you could. Would you be able to figure out who that is and then report them? Or most, sort of thing, most, yeah, most companies like Facebook is very good. You can you can say give them a username and say this person is and yeah. they and they'll so disable the account. Oh yeah, they'll they'll kill their account. Mm -hmm. Most times, yeah, it depends on the the form. Okay. Not difficult. Any other instant chat questions? We're flying through the last twenty minutes. Yeah, there's other privacy settings for instant chat too. Mm -hmm. Only on Facebook. Uh, Google Chat. You, I mean, it's you kind of go in and. You, you set it up however you want to set it up. But I think a lot of it comes back to the heart issue. It's you, you, you have a rule in the house. Do we chat or not chat? Who do we chat with? Just like the telephone. You know, who do we talk with? And, and then the monitoring software keeps everyone honest. But it's, and you have to review the monitoring software. But the idea is that you, it is so complex now. It's so complex. Can I ask how the hookups work? My son plays Xbox. Yes. He's on witchcraft. And yes. People. Warcraft. All yes. over the world. Where are they? <laughs> oh, the, they're online yes. at that time. Yes. And they have to be online. You can't play it offline. Says hello, and yes. Then I played with you before. Or That's I, it. It's scary. They, they're they're you online. They're talking. The name, and then yeah. You say yes. Sure. I mean, it's a wide open world. Is there monitoring on 360? I don't know of anything that monitors 360s. Yeah. And I don't know anything that monitors World of Warcraft communications within the game either. So it's the same kind of... So you got to kind of figure out, you know, what, you what is... you got to be real careful about who's talking yeah. to you and when. There's a That's point right. where I guess you as an individual have to make that decision because there's no control for that. And I think it helps, back to what James said, what Lauren has said previously, um... Make sure that your kids know they can talk to you about anything and make sure that they know you won't overreact. For example, if they come to you and say, this guy is creeping me out of World of Warcraft, the answer is not, oh, you can never play until you're 21. <laughs> because that is not the motivation that they're going to... So you want to make sure you have some sort of a safety with them that mom is not going to freak out and go nuts. Um, but it's really tempting. It's really tempting. Yes, yes. I'm not there yet. This is all theory to me, so I don't know that yet. I need to. I need to fly. Mom, Last thing. So your dad. Mom's taking time out. Dad needs to talk to you. <laughs> well, our last 15 minutes, we're going to hit television and movies and a couple of resources. Um, television, like any other neutral technology, can be good and bad. Like anything else, broadcast TV has problems in it. Language, partial nudity, harmful stereotypes. Cable TV takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there's just tons of junk out there. I'm, uh, I'm just going to skip past. Most of you guys know ratings and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to just throw out there, if possible, get a DVR. I'm, I'm a fan of the DVR. My wife and I rarely watch anything without a DVR. And the reason is that when we're sitting down to watch a show and the latest Viagra commercial pops up, we can skip that thing or really Victoria's easily. Secret. Or Victoria's Secret yeah. or whatever else is popping up. Yeah. It's so easy. You're like watching Saturday TV and yes. you saw a Yes. I was like. Yes. It's amazing what is out there. That's why we just, and then it's done. Like, couldn't see any of it. Try explaining that. Go ahead, Nikki. your kids watch SportsCenter, and all of a sudden, you know, for about five days earlier this year, or last year, there was a Penn State child molestation scandal. Well, I don't want my 10-year-old knowing that that stuff happened. So, yeah, it's not just the commercials. It's not just commercials. It's part of the news, part of the sports. Mickey? found some excellent informational documentaries on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That are... There are no TV commercials. Yes. And there are always a bunch of reviews. Yes. There are also some trailers. Yes. So you can you can preview. Yes. Ahead of time, and then you can sit down and feel good about it. In Netflix, and just like most other things. Well, Christian movies. Yeah. Movies about the food industry. You know, that very educational. You have to again. It's it like everything else. Yes. Google. Thank you. A bunch of junk. But just realize Netflix, just like everything else, has a history. So you can, if you let your child have access to Netflix, you can go in and find out everything that they watched. What are you going to say, Manny? I was going to say, uh, tell his grandpa what a DVR is. Okay, a DVR is a fancy box that comes with almost any cable company now will sell you one. Digital video recorder. Um, if, if you don't have a cable company or like an AT&T universe or anything like that, it's hard. You can do it via TiVo. TiVo still has it that works with antennas. The VCR but with a, a hard drive. The digital VCR. Do you have a new digital TV? Regular. Regular. So well, use, use he has broadcast TV. Broadcast TV? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Broadcast TV. You, and um, you can get a TiVo. They charge a monthly fee, which is the bummer side. I had a friend try and get around all that. But built his own DVR, and eventually he gave up. <laughs> his, he got it good enough for a guy, but not for his wife. And his wife was the standard he had to get above. But um, you can check. You go to TiVo.com, and they'll have little videos explaining it all. Basically, it lets you pause TV. lets you record it when you're not there. It lets you pause it, answer a phone call, start it off again, all that kind of stuff. It's wonderful. I mean, fast forward through commercials. I'm able to get through an NFL game in under an hour and watch every play with my DVR. And back it up and watch it again. Just one time in an hour. My wife never lets me back up. Um, but you're able with the DVR to kind of pre-select, okay, Ruthie, you can watch one of these three shows. You can't go search for something yourself. Yes? I can so cable gives you, say, 100 channels, and at any time you can sit down and flip through 100 channels. What a DVR says is we will go, based on what you tell me to do, I'll go record certain shows, and I'll just keep them for you. And whenever you're ready to start it, like say I'm going to be gone for the Cowboys game. I can tell my DVR, go record the Cowboys game. And then later on that night, I can say, you know, I'm going to watch that or game. Or the next day. Or three days later. Or three days later. And, and I can go hit play, and it'll start the Cowboys game. It's like a VCR, <laughs> basically, but it doesn't have a tape. Yes. It just records it onto disc. Like it's, a a it's a smart VCR. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
But do I have to pay for the membership or something? Yes. Do you have cable? Yeah, the cable company will charge you a monthly fee and give you a box to hook up. It's yeah, it's usually five bucks, seven bucks, something like that. Seven bucks a month. Well worth it in my opinion. I'm going to fly through though. Um, but this is back to the same thing. So you're watching an NFL game. You happen to have your child in room or something. Victoria's Secret app pops up, which happens during the game sometimes. What do you say? This is back to the whole training thing. You know, man, so do you think, you think they were being modest there? Do you think, you think they were promoting what God's best is? You know, uh, you know I, think, I think it's appropriate when those things happen to stop for a minute and let's remind ourselves of the why let's not get too much into the oh that's a bad thing or I think we gotta stop um, go you know, back to the open discussion go back to the open Use discussion it thing it's a teaching moment because they'll see it later they'll see it in the stores let's do it now while I'm thinking about it yeah because you can't control when you're walking through checkout yeah. line no. with the magazines yeah. You can't skip that. Right. But you, you can flip the magazines over. No, it's yes, you can. You can flip the magazines over. Good job, Bruce. talk about it later. And, and, um, if, if I can throw it, I know you got three examples Go ahead. Here, but, um, Pick one. My kids have been hearing other kids talk about some singing competition called the X Factor, and I've never oh, yeah. seen it. Mm-hmm. We watched it like two months ago one time, and uh, we watched it together, obviously. And they're all, you know, there's like five contestants left because it's towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And this one girl sings, and she does really well. And at the end, you know, they stick a microphone in her face. Mm-hmm. What do you think of what the judges said? She says, well, you, ju- you, you just got to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was a red flag for me. So, you know what? After the show was over and we had our nightly Bible time mm-hmm. with the kids, we talked about what about this statement of all you got to do is believe in yourself. What is the Bible? And it was a great talk. Good job, so James. my point is, is... Just turning the TV off and never, ever exposing your kids to anything ever is actually got a disadvantage. Yes. Because, you know, if, when they do see something they shouldn't see, man, it's a great, you can really turn it around, make lemons out of lemonade. Way to go, James. Yeah, so, anyway. Now I have to watch the X Factor so I can get all my great illustrations. So, I mean, there's some other examples there. I think what James said was A+. Plus. Um, so that's just to realize TV has tons of junk on it. Um, I'm a huge fan of parental controls. I think you ought to lock it down. Um, I, I personally don't really think the guys even need to know the passwords for the parental controls, depending on how you lock it down. A lot um, of times I set the parental controls and forget the password. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, really you set it at a certain level, and you're like, yeah, we don't really need to watch that, any of us in the family. And so if we set it a certain way, you know, and so I think you ought to, if you have a cable, you ought to set that. Almost every cable box has parental controls on it. You ought to use it. Um, there's no reason not to. Um, so we'll, we'll talk more about that because movies is the next section. But movies are the greatest method, I think, for telling stories ever created. They're powerful. They're inspiring. We use them extensively here at Grace. Um, same problems as cable TV. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up on um, James' example that he emailed me earlier. So did anyone remember the movie Elf comedy? Will Ferrell. Did you not see it through. with the Christmas I saw movie? I part of it. And then other parts of it at other times. I don't know that I ever like watched it from the beginning. With the movie Elf. Yeah, yeah. With Will Ferrell. I've seen it. Uh huh. Have you watched it with your kids? It's... I have. Okay. Yes. And yes, I would agree. I... Did you write this? No. Huh? He he gave me this. Okay. He gave me this. Yeah, and you know what? That that's it's all true. So yeah. there's definitely some things. It's overall a funny, cute movie. Oh yeah. With the yeah, there's some things you have to. Well, what do you remember? What do you remember from Elf? Just tell us real quick. Oh, just. Um, you can take one pass left. Just, you know what I love about the movie is this guy is so innocent. Yes. He's innocent, like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
That's what I remember about the movie. Well, the reason we watched it is my kids go to a Christian school, okay? And they uh, they showed them a clip. I don't know what the occasion was. You know, it might have been recess. I don't know. It was raining outside. But they showed him a clip of, of, of him eating, you know, pouring syrup over oh, spaghetti right, or whatever. Right. It's really funny, and the kids talked about it. So, yeah, well, let's watch it. Again, yeah, wish I would have watched it before I watched <laughs> it with the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's uh, what we got. We got references to peep shows in New York. We yeah. got Buddy sees a girl in the shower with only a towel on. He hears her singing. It's very innocent. Mm -hmm. He goes in there because she's singing. But still, Buddy stares at a uh, some lingerie mm -hmm. uh, in a store, and he gives it to his dad as a present. <laughs> uh, Elf tells Buddy that he gets more action in a week than Buddy will get in a lifetime. That's one of the lines in there. Uh, I counted at least a couple of D words and H words and some mm -hmm. other ones. Um, one that's not in here is a major focus of the, of, the, uh, of the movie is he's looking for his dad who got a girl pregnant in college who didn't even know he got her pregnant. And mm -hmm. that's why he's yeah. looking for his that's dad right. who's never met. Yeah. It's like, how do you want to, do you want to explain that to your kids? I don't, but... Mm. Um, you know, so again, you can turn it. But into then a you good did. But then, did you have to? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they didn't ask. We didn't, we didn't See, ask. Johnny, it's a question. At what yes. point? It, that's always, yeah. like, you know, Grace. Yeah. Ruth is only five, and mm -hmm. so, like, even the cartoon movies that are coming out yeah. nowadays, yeah. like yes. Chipmunks or something, yeah. Yeah. they have like. You know, homosexual yeah. like advances and yes. things like that. Yeah. And she's five, and I'm pretty sure like everything just goes right mm -hmm. over her head. Like she mm -hmm. doesn't really understand. Yeah, or should I go ha ha ha? They're both boys or something. She doesn't really like get that anyone would ever do yes. that. Like to her, she just like thinks they're being silly. But um, you know, at one point, do you like bring that up, or do you just allow their innocence to? Yeah. It just to kind of go over their head. That's very well. Good it's question. an infiltration. Yeah. It's society mm -hmm. that we live in being yeah. influenced by yeah. evil powers saying, "Oh, well, we want to start mm -hmm. very young, putting these little things in, yeah. so that when they get older, that's they'll right. say, oh, that's okay. Yes. That's it. I remember, yeah, yeah. you know, it's okay. Socially, yeah. 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 But it's hard to figure out what age do you say, okay, here, this is wrong. I mean, when they're just a Yes. Subtle, subtle. Well, you remember I, I said that I wish I would have watched Elf by myself before watching it with kids. Well, um, the last thing on, on this slide is... is uh, it's it's owned by Focus on the Family, but the URL is pluggedinmovies.com, and that's what that is what was just passed out. And it's a great thing because what it does is and it's free. Yeah, it's just a website. But if you look down there, for example, to uh, sexual content, it just lists stuff. It's not even making a judgment. So right. it'll it'll tell you there was cleavage. You know, it'll yeah. just tell you everything, and you judge for yourself. Hey, is this something I want oh, to take my kids to? This is actually a review from them. Yeah, this yeah. is pluggedin.com. I handed yeah. around. It's a review of Elf from that website and it's a great thing because it's it tells you everything that you could possibly object to no matter how yeah. strict you are and then you make your own judgment yeah you decide yeah. so if my daughter yeah right or you, well, you get to see is, what conversations you might get to have if no. he just chooses to yeah. watch right. it with them yeah. so it's a great website for that for that very you thing you can just go to just go to that pluggedin.com you don't have to be yeah. focused on the family first you can just, just pluggedin.com and type in the movie or the tv show you want to want to look at and they'll give you all the content and by the way this website reviews uh video games tv mm -hmm. shows music new dv new cds that are coming out it'll tell you everything you need to know about all these things Great yeah, and focus. Um, not focus. Um, KLTY and um, 
What's the other one? KCBI? KCBI. Uh -huh. They usually run this Friday morning. Like, I mean, you yeah. can look at yeah. it, but they usually, like when I'm driving my kids from school yeah. to school, um, I usually hear their review. Like, I heard the We Bought a Zoo review. Mm -hmm. So I got to kind of just hear the rundown on what that was about. So. And then we can all get on Facebook and we can all judge each other for watching different <laughs> movies. Yeah. Do they go Take far a picture enough to talk of this about person at the That's the movie. Do you know what they saw? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, if somebody says something about Mother Earth, it'll be under spiritual content. Yeah. So, so just just with dealing movies and TV, we should only introduce new content if we're willing to put forth the effort to dialogue about it. If if we're just putting it on, and a lot of times Sarah and I are like, man, you want to watch something? We've got some pre-screen stuff that's safe, you know. So put on something safe, but don't do something new if we're too tired to like figure it out, you know. If you're really too tired, then play a game or something that of any content. You don't have to dialogue about who won, you know, the game of life you know, this week. Um, so I think we've just thrown a ton out there. This is just a list of resources at the end. If you want a good book to read, this one that James Williams gave me that I read on my vacation, and it was great. I mean, it's a little bit dated. Um, it's got you know some of the things a little bit dated, but it's it's really great. It's a story of a mom trying to catch up with her teenagers with technology called Logged On and Tuned Out. Uh, filtering software, Covenant Eyes and Safe Eyes are great. Monitoring software, Covenant Eyes Inspector is great. Um, TV and movie sites, PluggedIn.com. Um, ClearPlay is one of the things just to mention. You can get a ClearPlay DVD player, and it will automatically skip past certain scenes on DVDs. Um, so some members of our staff have that. Um, there is a curse-free TV out there, um, but we've had some problems with different family members using it and it working the way they really wanted it to, so they just eventually just unplugged it. So I'm not sure how great that is. Yeah, yeah, TV Guardian. That's amazing what, what they, when they play a movie, what they beep out and what they don't beep out. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, just on regular TV, yeah, what they choose to beep out and not. You'll watch a movie mm -hmm. on, say, TBS that's obviously been filtered by their monitors. Yes. And they'll take all these cuss words out, but they'll leave GD in there every yeah. time. That's just not a word that they've decided to filter out. Mm -hmm. Guardian will... Which is that. crazy. Well, we got three minutes left. Anyone have any questions about TVs, videos, movies? Spectre, is it OR or Spectre? It's OR, yeah. I think I copied the link frequently with Spectre, yeah. SpectreSoft.com. That's a good one to look at. What's nice about that one is it's a one-time fee. It's not a monthly fee. That's what I like about them, and it's got some great stuff on it. So does Covenant Eyes just not work on Windows as well? No, it does. Or not at all? No, it works better on Windows. What did you say was in the process that we're working on? The Mac filtering. So, like, if I started to have Ruthie do research on my laptop, I have no way to filter. I have a way to monitor, but I have no way to filter today. So she doesn't do it. She can't read. Yeah. She's, but at some point, I'm going to need to come up with a filtering solution. But i got time to figure that out. But on the Mac today, Covenant Eyes doesn't do filtering. That's the other option. On a Mac today, they're working on it. I assume by the time Ruthie's there, they'll have it figured out. <laughs> But, but just to recap, you're saying that Covenant Eyes doesn't work as well on Windows. It no, it works better. better. It works better. So it's better it's the Mac. best on Mac, but it works better on Windows than Mac. Oh, really? So both yeah. of these are good options. Both of those are good. You look at them both and yeah. see which I one you like. Was better the nice thing about Covenant Eyes is it's cross-platform. So if you have one Mac and one PC, 
installs on both. It's the one cost aspect. It is. Okay. Well, Spectre, the other big thing is it's impossible to remove. So. Covenant Eyes is pretty hard too. Is it? Okay. Yeah, Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes, the, you're all the people who are your monitoring get a thing that you requested uninstalled for an install code. Yeah, so everyone gets right. notified when so you uninstall it. So everyone gets notified that you uninstalled it. Yeah. When you uninstall right. it. Cool. And that's so. a one time fee. Spectre is one time. Covenant Eyes is monthly or yearly. So it's subscription. Man, I feel like we, we hit a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone feel incredibly overwhelmed. So I would just yeah. say, for my last last thing to say is, um, if you don't have any kind of monitoring, I would go get that. Um, I would say just pick a couple things to do this week. Whether it's look at Facebook privacy settings, mm-hmm. make sure you have logins, everything, and just start slow. Realize Rome was not conquered in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, stuff is not figured out overnight. Um, but just start small and take these notes with you and say, okay, this, this month it's going to be, we're going to be monitoring software. Next month we're going to figure out which Facebook friends and I'm going to log in as my child or, and just do one thing a month and kind of just integrate it slowly until you, and then you'll be amazed at all the conversations will start up around the house. And, and I think, I think it'll be real valuable. So, all right, well, let me close this in prayer and then I'll be around if anyone has last questions. Dear God, I just, Thank you so much that we got to spend some time focused on this. I pray that this would not be an overwhelming thing, but just like things have always been in the past, you know, when people are involved in wars and things like that, there's, there's evil out there, and, and people have to process that. They have to dialogue about it and come to understanding, and, and that's just what this is. is we're, we're soldiers on a battlefield. We're involved in a war, and the enemy wants to come after us, and And we know that you are for us, not against us. And so we just ask that you would strengthen us for what you have called us to do and to be. That you would help us to be wise as serpents. And that we would be gentle. And that you would give us real clear, God-loving communication in our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.